It's time for Twig this weekend. Google Paris Martino's here. Jeff Jarvis is here. Aunt Pruitt's here. We've got a little tribute coming up to Aunt's mom. She retired this week. Congratulations, Mom. We'll also talk about the OpenAI Developers Summit. Some pretty big announcements there. A U-turn for GM's Cruise and something that's happening in the EU that could make browsers completely insecure by law. It's all coming up next on Twig. Podcasts you love from people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig. This week in Google, episode seven hundred forty-one, recorded Wednesday, November eighth, twenty twenty-three. The whole muffin. This episode of This Week in Google is brought to you by FastMail. Reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with FastMail. Try it now, free for thirty days at fastmail.com/twit. And by Melissa, the global leader in contact data quality. Bad data is bad business. Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today with one thousand records cleaned for free at melissa.com. Slash twit, and by Mylio. Mylio Photos is a smart and powerful system that lets you easily organize, edit, and manage years of important documents, photos, and videos in an offline library hosted on any device, and it's free. See what has us so excited by visiting mylio.com/twit. It's time for Twig this week at Google, the show we get together with the. Great Googlers of time, more, more, more. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> That's Paris. Uh, Paris Martino laughing uproariously at me. Hello, Paris. You're so good at saying words from yeah. the information. Um, yeah, aren't I? Just it's uh, it, they just float like net, like like out of water, out of a. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's Aunt Pruitt. Welcome back. We missed you, Doctor Pruitt. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Good all dressed you. up. Uh, you had a nice vacation. I did. Had business to handle, but it was all good. He has some business. He's cagey. This one. He's yes. cagey. Hey, I'm private, not cagey. Oh just, yeah. I just don't tell private. everybody what I'm He's doing. <laughs> Jeff Jarvis is also here. Tells everybody everything he's doing. I tell everybody everything my life is about the blog. What do you want to know? Every day is asked me What everything. do you have for lunch today? Uh, I had very good hummus and lobday. Open what? book. Open, open book. Lobday. Open book and open sandwich, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He is the Leonard Tao Professor for Journalistic Innovation at the... For Craig Newmark. Newmark. Soon to be deorbited. Graduate School of Journalism <laughs> at the City University of New York. Soon to be de-orbited. Emeritus to Emeritus you. to you. It says it. You know, they stamped I it. But you're not this. emeritus yet. You still have to finish no, I'm not. the semester, no. right? Well, no, I'm not actually finishing emeritus till next fall. Oh. That's okay. Is that some sort of legal thing? The emeritus? Yeah, no, I mean, not... Why would... Look, when if I quit today, I'd be gone. I wouldn't be podcast host emeritus. It'd right. Be just right. It's it's because the the only fringe benefit I get as a teacher in New York State is that we have travia leave, which allows me to use all of my ah. unused sick time oh. up to a term. So oh, I stay nice. on payroll until next fall. Oh. 
Wow. It's a prospect yeah. right now. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I like that did, idea. Did you stay there long <laughs> enough to get a sabbatical? That's the biggest con game. I, well, no, here's, the, here's what I'm such a <laughs> schmuck, Leo. I stayed long enough to get two. And you never took, I took what? one. Oh. I took one. And then while there were crises at the school, and so I, I basically still taught. I was a schmuck. Mm. I was an idiot. Sabbatical uh, is a paid leave of some length, sometimes a year, sometimes a semester. Either full pay, one term, or 80% for a year. Amazing. And the idea is yeah. you're a professor, you'll write a Your book, research. you'll do research. Well, I wrote a few. Yeah, my dad yeah. Uh, used his sabbatical Speaking to travel which, and look at... There it is, the Gutenberg parenthesis. And the new one's out, magazine. Take a closer look. A history of the magazine. Cute little book. Just a little book. Outstanding. Magazine is already available. Is that what you're saying, sir? Yes, it is. This came out last week. This week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Excellent. Very exciting. I can't wait to read it. I'm really, really excited about it. It's fun. It's a little fun, fun little book. Paris, are you going to ever write a book, you think? You think you got a book in you? Yeah, at some point. It'll just have to be the right topic. Yeah. Jeff was like you raving. you got to pick your first one wisely. That's true. You never forget your first. Jeff was raving about uh, Taylor Lorenz's uh, yes. new book, Extremely Online. Um, you really liked it. I really liked it a lot I, I, for, for primarily because this is the argument I'm making in my next book, because we've got to stop looking at the Internet as technology and see it as humanity. It's culture. A human network. And that's how she sees it. She's yeah. long, she covers it that way, right? Yeah. That's what I loved about it. I love she started with blogs and mummy blogs, and it made me wistful. It made me sad in the end because we've lost all these so young people as creators. No, it's not that. All these young people as creators, um, you know, who are young and talented and energetic and imaginative, they get corrupted not by the internet, not by social media, but by advertising. And by the desire to reach scale and reach as many people as possible and to be as crazy as possible getting there, the attention economy. And so it's that just made me a little sad. That's all. Yeah. But it was a very good reporting. I think. And what I also respect about Taylor's reporting is that she she doesn't just dismiss, oh, some 14-year-old. She uses their name. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. You know, she has she, respect. She covers them yeah. as she would... Someone in entertainment, because well, they are. And, and that was, to me, also interesting, because people like Julia Fox, who really got no respect whatsoever, uh, still doesn't. Taylor... Julia, uh, no, Fox, um, you um, mean... Um, uh, my good friend, yeah. Um, yeah. If you hadn't said that, I wouldn't uh, no know respect, her. guys. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I do know her. I interviewed her at, uh, at, at Internet Week, back when we had those She things. was an early Internet uh, star... Uh, but because she's a woman, and that's the other thing I got out of this book, is that, that almost invariably, if you were a female influencer, you got trashed, you got trolled, you got, oh, yeah. and eventually, you know, uh, thrown on the on the fire on the. Mm-hmm. On the oh yeah, it was very sad uh, for me. A lot of the a lot of the women, and I guess in some ways that that happens. To uh, I mean, look at Mr. Beast, uh, who is now getting tr- you know trolled for what he does. I feel like, but it's worse for women. I really do think. Yeah, oh, and by all means, is at the Black t- Twitter summit I held in February, um, Andre Brock Jr., who I've quoted often, talks about the joy that Black Twitter brings. And three women who were in the room said, "Okay, but let me also tell you about the harassment and abuse and doxing." And yeah. you know, asked why they don't leave. It's because now it's now part of their businesses. It's part of their 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 you know financial lives. 
Um, and it's that mix we've got to deal with. Yeah. And, and the, again, the problem isn't technology. The problem isn't even companies. The problem people, is us. People, people. Yeah. That's what I was talking about That's with exactly. my, my nightmare last week. It ain't the AI. It's the people who wield it. Uh, if they have power. Jeff, you and uh, Jason Howell covered OpenAI's first dev day uh, this week, a couple of days ago, uh, and their uh, keynote, Sam Altman. Uh, I, you know, I thought he, at first it was like, he's a little Mark Zuckerberg robotic. Yeah, he was. A little awk, yeah. But uh, I also appreciated that it was a human on stage uh, talking about real things. And sh the developers who were there were thrilled by all of the things that OpenAI announced. Which was? I'm curious, did you guys think that this should have been a live stage keynote? Or is this another could have been a press release or an email sort of keynote? Oh, that's so I've seen a lot of positive attention towards it, which I was surprised by because when Apple or Google does these sort of things, we all roll our eyes a little bit. Um, well, first, what did you think? Do you think it should have been a live keynote, Paris? I didn't watch it. So oh, okay. I just read I, I about it, it and I thought that was fine. But I think it made a statement. Um, and... Uh, it showed the excitement of the developers in the room. Which of course, they're going to be excited. They're you know they're doing their stuff. At least they didn't get their eyes burned out uh, like other <laughs> yeah. you know, boys. Um, I, I think that there were significant enough announcements. Which, so we get into that now. I think the most important thing. Yeah, it's faster. It's better. It's cheaper. It's all that. Fine, fine, fine. The important thing was the um, creation of a store for GPTs. That's for kind of amazing. They're calling agents. them GPTs, where you take. They're learned models, and you create your own app cool. based on it. And he gave quite a few examples of some really interesting apps that uh, people... Now, the store doesn't isn't open yet. It will be open I don't know soon. if they even called them apps, which is interesting. They called them right? GPTs. That was the... So it's GPTs, and it's the new, and they, the new the other term thing, of art. Behind the scenes, they showed assistance. The GPTs are something that schmucks, idiots like me, could write. Assistance are things that you could write, Leo, because you know what you're doing. Um... <laughs> Thank you for the credit. Uh, yes. Uh, but in either case, it's the, it's the long-heralded arrival of agenting. Yeah. Here is your agent to do something. And we'll see. Jason made a lot of good points about, well, we'll see how good it is, how, how much in-depth it goes. If it just says, you know, if it just goes to Google and searches something and gives it to you, who cares? You can just go to Google. You know, what does it do that makes it um, more expert, more interesting, more functional? But that was the interesting part, I think. It, it, it makes you think about a different way to imagine programming and um, Here's an example. a relationship with a larger connected world where it can go out on your behalf and do things for you. Sam Altman um, is building a new GPT. He says, I want to help startup founders think through their business ideas and get in some uh, their, their advice. And then after, because remember, Sam Altman used to be the president of. Uh, uh, y Combinator. He says, after the founder's gotten some advice, grill them on why they're not growing faster, which I'm sure all the de devs in the uh, mm -hmm. audience uh, laughed at. Uh, this is a cut down uh, that CNET made. But the idea is it's going to build what is effectively an app. Uh, in fact, yeah. it even names it, it itself. He says, well, you know, what should our name be? I think he called it Mentor. So it literally goes in and... and and then you could run this app and say, hey, I'm a founder. Here's my business. What do you think? And, it, and then it would do what Sam Altman as a human used well, to do. Because he gave him a speech. So well, this, it just, 
it just guesses out of that speech what Sam would say and gives you some anodyne, stupid, obvious thing that you could get. Well, this from is any, my so know. this is my general problem anyway with all of these LOMs is that the stuff they produce is superficially good. It mm-hmm. looks good, it's in banal. Print, but it, but it is ultimately banal. So yeah. it it actually created code that that didn't have to go through review or anything like that, and it's oh just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you don't ever see, see, the, code. see the code. It's just a thing. You don't see the code. It's hmm. a GPT this is where runs on your phone. Jason like and I are very, very proud that a few weeks ago on, on, on Inside AI, AI Inside, the CEO of a company whose name I'm suddenly forgetting said English is the most important language, programming language in the world today. And this demonstrates it. Yeah, I remember that. Command the computer with English. That's right. the point. Sorry, Paris, you were starting. I was just saying, I feel like this is kind of telling on yourself, at least in the example of uh, the VC advice giving GPT. <laughs> um. It's like, of course, you're, so what you're saying is this advice that we're giving is so banal that you can just plug in a couple of speeches and just a language synthesis like large language model is going to be able to mimic it? I think that that's the it's fundamental really question point, here with all of these apps is what sort of value are they going to provide in the long term beyond just kind of some facsimile of uh, giving advice or responses? Well, in, the, in some cases, if it's tied to a database, it can be useful. I've used ChatGPT3 to, you know, when we got an unexpected stop in Genoa, Italy in the spring, I said, give me a, a two hour walking tour of Genoa starting here. Mm. And it was good. It was very it was quite good. So if it has a source uh, of, uh, of information, it can often distill it in a way that's useful. So I can imagine a GPT that would help you do uh, flight booking for instance, and probably do every bit as well as a human travel agent, mm. minus the one thing a travel agent really adds as value is it, the actual experience. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I've been on that uh, flight, and I don't like it. You should take this one. But other than that, I mean, it certainly can do the booking well. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the question I have even with the walking tour example is, in what way is GPT-3 more useful than you just Googling walking tour. Oh, because I said, I'm in. I'm here. Said, right? I have two minutes make, or two hours. Make sure I can go from one to the other. And it actually gives you, you could do this all by hand, I guess. But it said, OK, you're going to start here on your left. You'll see this. Now walk three blocks to this way mm-hmm. and you'll see that. Now we're going to take you over to Christopher Columbus's house. Versus then- doing a Google search where you'll get a story along with, yeah, on your left, you'll see this, this here and this, this, this that. It's pretty close to having a human guy. You know, but it took a lot longer. Yeah. And it may have, honest, it may have stolen it from Rick Steve's tra- travel guides. Ah. That's part of the problem. One of the things that uh, they did at the... OpenAI's dev days is the same thing Google did last week, which is indemnify its users mm-hmm. for copyright violation. They said, uh, we have we have copyright shield, which will absorb the cost. Uh, if you create something and somebody sues you <laughs> saying, you stole my artwork or you stole my writing, we'll defend you. Which uh, I think on both OpenAI and uh, Google's part is something they have to do, but also shows some confidence that they will win those kinds of lawsuits, right? Uh, I guess the question that I have with all of these um, technologies is like, what is the end game? Because if this becomes a thing that most people use for like those sort of purposes of, uh, you know, like making a walking tour or recommend how I should what I should order for dinner tonight or like make for dinner tonight and give me the grocery list. Now I should get it. The thing it is getting that information 
by scraping the web where people have already put that information together. And if there are no longer incentives for people to do that initial research, what is ChatGPT going to scrape from eventually? Ooh. There'll be nothing new. So there's a there's a friend of mine who I saw last night at, at Rutgers, um, Michael Kirschen, Matthew Kirschenbaum from University of Maryland, argues exactly that, uh, Paris, in what he calls the textpocalypse, in which the machine spits out uh, uh, content and it trains on that content and trains on that content until it becomes a gray goo with no substance whatsoever. But humans uh, are not going to stop creating too. content, right. are they? I agree. Yeah. I, I think there's still going to be a place for creators to still go back and regurgitate old ideas and, and give it a little bit more pizzazz or, or refresh it. Um, that, that's that been going on forever and ever. Amen. You know, you can. Well, the real job is not. To everybody knows how to make chocolate content. chip cookies, but that's not stopping yeah. people from creating more recipes for chocolate chip cookies, cookies every True. year. Interestingly. True. Recipes but the reason why a lot of people are publishing oh. those recipes online <laughs> is because they're getting ad dollars from Google and they're trying to get up high in the SEO rankings. Yeah. And there's all these sort of incentives to like commercial incentives to create and publish these sort of things online on mass. And that's the thing that kind of confuses me about this notion that chat GPT and these generative AI tools are the future because it seems like it, uh, really throws a wrench in that. I think humans, uh, even though they might rely on these things, will always make their own... You Nobody's going to stop Joe Esposito <laughs> from creating more <laughs> Try as we might to get them. Right? And, uh, and so this is a natural human tendency. And I think... Joe is prolific, and and I don't care if it... You know, it, maybe an AI could do this, but Joe's always going to have more inputs to put out yeah. and, he, and he, I, you know, I'm not going to stop Joe. doing shows <laughs> even if AI could create our shows I wouldn't stop doing it because I like doing them yeah so I don't I'm not I think there'll be plenty well, of th human this is what content I, to add by the right. way one of the things that they did announce is they've updated their information to April 2023 and Sam even kind of acknowledged yeah being cut off in 2021 was kind of a disadvantage. Oh, uh, September right. 2021. Well, was it's also able to search the web. That's one of the things you can do. With it can, it, it can use Bing. Yeah. GPT. Yeah. Is you can go out and, and search actively. Leo, I, I think what I argue in my next book is that making more content is kind of pointless. We have plenty of content. It's not about making content. What we, what, what we do need to do in, in an age of, of abundant speech is to find the good stuff. And mm -hmm. the first reflex to the internet was, we have to get rid of all the bad stuff, something must be done. And now we turn our attention to saying that there's more wheat among more chaff out there. And the, the challenge is to find uh, the Joe Espositos of the world and then put them into a room and not let them out. But that's another question. You know, I remember in the early days of the uh, internet, this was the same conversation. Was <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just yeah. going to be this onslaught of content, and we had the same answer, which is, I don't know if this happened or not, that uh, people will become curators. That the curator is what will be valuable. The oh, person yes. who finds the good stuff. That's what we thought would be a very important role uh, in the internet back in 1998. It's still true. Yeah, is it true? Did it happen? I, I, think I guess that's true. what I we think do it's here. That's what we're doing yeah. right yeah. now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the show is. Yeah. Because we're, we're not, not creating, new, we're curating new now, stuff. Right? We're curating yeah. others' stuff and then giving our comments. We're making chocolate chip cookies of content. The other thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well said. So. Those aren't chocolate chips. <laughs> the other thing that uh, was a big deal, I thought, was the ex expansion of the context window, the number of tokens 
the chat program, the GPT program would consider. It was thirty. Now, can you explain that to all us, Leo? Yeah. How how do you how do you know how many tokens you need input and output to make something work? Well, the uh, context window. Yeah, the simple answer is you know thirty two k is about thirty thousand words. Right, so it's a thirty thousand word article. Okay, one hundred twenty eight thousand, which is the new context window. That's like War and Peace. So what it means is that the answer that you get will be generated from a much larger corpus of information by a factor of four. Uh, that's a big difference, nice. and I think that it's, it's what's really to me was interesting uh, was the speed with which these advances are happening. We're growing very, very quickly. And going from 32K to 128K, uh, and getting faster and getting cheaper at the same time. And cheaper is going down by two and a half times cost, is, is, or two times the cost. Is the kind production. of changes we used to see over many years, and it's happening over months uh, now. Which One I think could is argue that he's an extremely competitive landscape, and... In the one way, he's trying to stay ahead. The other way, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And it's also, also expensive. Um, and he didn't really address this, I don't think. I didn't see the whole thing no. you did. So tell, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. But one of the things that comes up again and again, he had Satya Nadella on. Microsoft was not a uh, invisible presence. But but this no. is all running on Microsoft using bill literally billions of dollars in credits that Microsoft gave them as an investment. $10 billion in credits or some amount thereof. Um, it's really expensive to do this. And I think yeah. it's one of the reasons you see it being very big companies like Anthropic and OpenAI and Google and Microsoft. Uh, and, uh, and we're told Apple in their latest uh, investor call, uh, Tim Cook said, oh, we're doing that too. We gotta, we've been working on generative AI forever. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, which shows you how much pressure there is on all of these big tech companies to say, uh, what, well, what are you doing with AI? I am still, I you know, I'm the one who's... Smaller uh, models. I'm, I've been the AI skeptic all along and, and the one who's been saying it's just, you know, trivia that they're spewing out that's just nicely polished. But I'm starting to think more and more, there are applications for this yeah, you know, startup mentor may not be a very useful application, but I think that the, some of the GPTs they showed were kind of, I think, interesting. We'll know when that store opens. Yeah, I, th I think there are. The other thing he, he announced, um, so it was faster, uh, bigger, cheaper, all good, um, and that they're going to indemnify uh, users of GPT when it comes to copyright which is what Google has said as well with Bard, which fascinates me because what they're saying is, we think we're going to win in court. I just um, said that exact thing about 10 minutes ago. Are you, were you tweeting? <laughs> he was tweeting. I, no, I said this, I said this during I, the show, I, and I, I have the said, receipts. I literally said the exact same thing uh, a few minutes ago. Yes, they are confident they're going to win. that Jeff has been replaced right. by ChatGPT. <laughs> yes. He's regurgitating. a, a GP... Jeff. It's happening right now. I'm sorry. I was just trying to do the full roundup. Okay, <laughs> then we're done now. Jeez, all right, all right. You, you were talking about That's how expensive it. this is. Uh, do you see a point where this is actually going to start to go down as far as how much it costs for these tech companies to run these models and, and do all of these computations? Will it eventually get cheaper the way hardware got That's cheaper really over time? question. Yeah. Um, the cost of it well, and, is and, hardware, yes, because you have to have yeah. these fancy processors in a lot of them. Mm -hmm. 
It's also storage and bandwidth. Uh, something's got to go out and get the information, store it, and then and then chew it. Uh, I think it'll go down because all computing goes down in price. But right. I don't know if it'll go down as fast as you know, say the price. Well, Leo, this is where I think there's two two angles to it. One is open source. And this mm-hmm. is where Jan LeCun and Meta are, are fighting hard for open source, and as is Mozilla and others. Yep. And then two is that there is a lot of talk about doing much smaller models, which is part of what the Stochastic Parrots paper said, is you've got to deal with a smaller data set and make that work so that we can, make it, we can audit the input. And then secondly, I think the goal is going to be to get this stuff to operate in full um, you know, on your device and be updatable and be able to call out to other things. And so this gigantic, I have the biggest one, BSD stuff, I think, might go away at some point. Yeah, in fact, I downloaded Whisper, Open Whisper, onto this new Mac just to see how much faster. Jason Snow was saying it was noticeably faster in AI processing. Uh, And the biggest model is 3 gigabytes. Uh, But the fact that you can do it on device without going to the cloud is what's really remarkable. And that's another thing that's kind of changed, which is, uh, and and Microsoft's been talking about this, almost, and Qualcomm too, almost all computers going forward, your phone too, will have to have neural processing units, will have to have AI-specific hardware, uh, because they're going to suddenly be doing stuff on device, and a lot of it. And the Mm -hmm. speed with which they can do that is going to be important. You're going to is there an oscillation here, Leo? Is, is there an oscillation here back and forth where where you you started with mainframes and dumb terminals and then you went to PCs, then we went back into the cloud? Is this just kind of a natural progression that the, that the processing and the effort, if it can, is going to come back into our devices because it's um, in the long run cheaper and also more in our control. It's more. It's more than that. It's more, more useful. If you're wearing a VR goggles or you're carrying a phone around, you don't want to have to have it go connect to the cloud, do the processing, and come back. You want it to be able to mm-hmm. look at text and have it immediately translated. You want to be able to, you know, look at the landscape and know what that building is. You want to be able to translate languages instantaneously. So all of that's eventually got to be on device. Mm-hmm. And But that's the transformational thing that's going to happen. And it's, I think so. I forget. How far do you think we are away from that, from some sort of actual real-time, easy-to-wear AI headset that is going to, you know, do like real-time translation and that sort of stuff? It's funny you should say that. We were talking about that on Sunday because ja- uh, Mike Elgin had the new uh, Ray-Ban Meta glasses, uh, which uh, he says the speakers in the temples are very good. It has AI in the temples. He said, and I think he's right, it's not. It's a matter of months before. Remember, Google showed this at a Google I.O. and made me so mad with the Google Buds like seven years ago. Yeah. Simultaneous translation. And then a, a right. year or two ago, right. they did it in the glasses. It, it's been we've been on the cusp of this forever, but I think maybe we really are on the cusp of it now. I think it, the translation we we see the translation happening in real time in Bing Translate, Google's translator. Yeah, uh, putting that in the glasses, having the, and now we've got the Babelfish, right? You you you're wearing those glasses, and somebody's speaking to Chinese, and in your ear you're hearing English. It's simul it's in simultaneous translation done by a machine. I think that. To answer your question, I think it's it's 2024. I think it's coming instantly, soon. And that's a revolution. I think it would be so cool if you had a version of that plus, like, I don't know, if I see someone 
it could suddenly pull up all of my notes, like a summary. Exactly. Maybe I guess chat GPT generated of the recent like notes I have from our last conversation. That would be incredible. And by the way, there's a great use of AI. It's got a corpus of information, every contact you've had with that person. And it's going to be smart enough to say, here's the three things you need to know. Paris, as you're walking towards that person, his name this is, is the Leo. Last time we spoke, you used to work frankly, with him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you Who's saw that him guy? last Who's week that guy? on the same oh, show. Yeah, he looks so familiar. Oh yeah, it will be good for people <laughs> like me because I have face blindness. I, I, same. I, yeah, you do. You, you like you mm, see somebody. It's I know. Really you, embarrassing. I know. It's embarrassing. And I'm like, I know. I know you, but. It's just it's like the, the minute I rem- I see your name or someone says it, I'm like, oh yes, of course. Just I saw I have you name two days, two weeks ago. Just I just it. I just cannot extract the name from my brain. Same. Why is it okay? Now I'm really and you too. I flat out just say, hey, can you refresh my memory because I'm really bad with names and faces. Why the Why is the four of us have this problem? Is that a is it's uh, egotist. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a yeah, bit, of, I'm a bit of a narcissist. probably does have Is some of it. Enough about you. I'm a bit of a Wanna narcissist. Hear about me? I don't need to know your name. Let me tell you about me. According to my family, I'm quite selfish. So yeah. All right, let's do a let's that. do a let's do a face blindness <laughs> test. I wonder if, if this is true of our audience too. I wonder if uh, this is something that's common among I just um, own it geeks. Uh, so. There are tests that we can do uh, for face blindness. Oh, God, I'm going to fail. <laughs> In this test, you'll be shown a long series of faces. For each face, you must say if you've been shown that person before. Actually, I won't even do this, but this is a personality test online. But here's another one we can do. All of you at home well, go can ahead do. And do it. No, 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 just think about this. Mm-hmm. This When I realized this, I realized I have a disability. I can't. If I close my eyes, I cannot see my children's faces. I cannot see my wife's face. I cannot conjure that up in front of me. I can't even see what an apple looks like. Yeah, that's. Can that's you see oh, Barbara Streisand's face? That's, that's can you? Legit. Do you not picture like uh, images in no, your mind's eye? I can't. That's really that's freaky. But yeah, that's legit. No, that is like a, I'm forgetting what the name of it is. Yeah. But there's just a whole class of people out there, much like you, that don't think in visual. That's why he's an audio guy. Oh, that's why you maybe it is why because I can hear I can conjure up smells and sounds. Mm -hmm. I can imagine when you hear a voice, Leo. Do you recognize voices? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's oh very well. It's faces. It's called aphantasia. Sounds like a Disney movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's more common than you think. In fact, this is the uh, the quiz for it. Like, here's a bird, a cardinal. And uh, if you're not, if you're just listening, close your eyes and imagine what a cardinal looks like. And what do you see in yeah. your head? I don't even see th- this number two dim or vague. I see nothing. Wow! I can say but a like, cardinal's a red. What comes bird. to mind? Do you hear it? Do you just? Think I could hear it if I wanted to. Of yeah, a cardinal. Yeah, it's conceptual. Well, what about something something famous that you know you've seen a hundred times? My wife's now, face. Barbara Streisand. I've seen that a lot. Uh, my children's faces. <laughs> you would think. I mean, it kind of hurts your, me that I. Your home? Can you think of your home and what it looks like in your mind's eye? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I kind of can do. That's good. With furniture, a little bit better. <laughs> that's really sad. So you, you can walk through the home face, in the dark. Furniture. Blind, oh yeah, easy. Without I bumping could do into that. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do that all the time in the dark. Yeah. You can't see a face. With um, the same level of blindness. But see, this the thing. It's not that I don't. I don't know. So, so this is not that uncommon. There's a, I don't yeah. know, some, some like ten percent of people 
Actually, I'm sorry, two to four percent of people uh, have this. It's not uncommon. All right. Um, oh well, never mind. When did you realize that not fairly recently? And you know like what? This. You know what? It also realized is why I have a hard time telling stories, or I will. I can't be a writer because I can't visualize. I could be a non. I could be a fiction nonfiction writer probably. Mm-hmm. But I can't visual, and I have written quite a few nonfiction books, but I can't, stories, I can't visualize stories or characters in a story, things like that. I can't do it. That's just I asked Daniel Suarez. I tried to, you know, who's a great science fiction author. I was having lunch with him. I was saying, Daniel, can you, when you write something, do you see it? And he said, oh, yeah. Why, don't you? I said, no. Yeah. And I think it's so a So Shine that was recent, says, recent. but Leo loves photos. Well, I think there's a reason why I love. Is photos. that a substitution? Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. And I can definitely. And I always knew that that was supplementing my uh, stronger ability with sounds. Uh, I, you know, I can hear and see, I can hear sounds. So I. So think AI should be able to help you in all kinds of ways. Yeah, just think about it. To, well, to prompt that you. thing that Paris wants is exactly what I want. Where it says, "Hey, that's uh, that's Paris. You used to work with her. She's got four kids." <laughs> And uh, is the CEO of a giant multinational chewing gum okay. company. Leo, look at Ant, please. Look at Ant now. Mm-hmm. Look at Ant. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. you could you draw the shape of Paris's glasses? No. Now. No. Interesting. No. So Patrick, I know they're I know they're geometric. They're not they're not round. Patrick Delahanty has a good question. Interesting. When you when you read, what do you see? Nothing. Wow. You see just the words. All is, Concepts. It's very concept focused. So it's like wow. I can I see the concepts. I try we to. See, we see. It's actually frustrating for me. I try. So this, in fact, because you don't know what people, other people are seeing. I just thought this was normal, and it was only like in the last ten years, five years maybe that I've realized this. But like, so I'm reading a science fiction book. Yeah. I don't. I try to see the thing, but it's like this blobby. It's not very. It's not. I am so sorry. Can you see it? Yeah. I, I have all kinds of yeah. visualizations so when I read, read stuff. I'm not even so like jealous. reading the words. I'm just, I'm in it. Are you, do your dreams have pictures, Leo? Uh, not very detailed. Yeah. Usually it's one thing. And then. Oh, weird. Yeah. When People, you leave seeing Oppenheimer. We don't have to make this about me. Can you stop? <laughs> oh, no, this is fun. This is fun. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're deep in this now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we are now. We've when always you thought you were weird, but you, you replay really a scene in your sure head. Can now. you see it then? All I can see of Oppenheimer right now, if I close my eyes, is Cillian Murphy's giant head. Because I told that story, so I probably sealed right. it in mm-hmm. on the IMAX Can you see screen. his snatched waist? No, I don't. Does he have a snatched waist? That's interesting. <laughs> he does in that film. Really? If you, <laughs> it's, it's, it, you notice it on uh, on I, the IMAX. It makes me very jealous because whatever the opposite of a snatched waist. What the waist, heck is a snatched waist? <laughs> oh, I'm looking this up now. Oh, okay. I have, the, I have. It's like uh, you know. It goes in uh, instead of out. Like a, a V. Yeah. It's Mine like goes a, out a, instead of in. One's a muffin top. One is not. Yeah, I'm a muffin yes. top. I'm not even a muffin top. I'm the whole muffin. <laughs> Leo's a scone. No, sir. We call you biscuit. <laughs> All right. Well, that um, was interesting. I, I, yeah, I hate. I get very uh, self conscious. But, uh, but, it, but to me, it was an interesting thing. And I think for people with that disability, yes, AI will have some very interesting right. uses. Um, it, I guess it could if for people who can't smell things. I. Everybody can like recreate smells, right? 
No, uh, I no, can't do that very no. well. See, no. so no, that's what happens. Really. The brain compensates. So there's a there's some missing piece of my brain, but it's been given over to sounds and smells. I can I can smell I can smell any smell anytime. If you were handed an apple right now with your eyes closed, would you know what it is by its shape? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not an idiot. Okay. <laughs> what is this? I don't know. Is it a baseball? Uh, no, I can tell. <laughs> it's not but you like, couldn't it's visualize like, it, Apple. Yeah, no, that's the weird thing. It's not like it's not that. Like he doesn't have object permanence. <laughs> Where'd you go? Where'd you go? You all disappeared. His wife I is dead to him right now. I can't see anybody. Leo. <laughs> when uh, that is one of the Piaget uh, childhood learning stages, is object permanence. Yeah, Which, right. and you all know that. I'm just telling for the the audience. That's why kids, when you do peekaboo, believe that you've disappeared mm-hmm. and then have reappeared, and they're going, "Oh, whoa, that was cool." Whereas every <laughs> normal adult goes, "Well, oh, nice trick. <laughs> Let me steal your nose." <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, it's uh, no, it's not like I don't know what an apple is, and I understand the concept of an apple. I know uh, it's red, it's sweet, tastes it's crisp, and all that. All of that, I just can't. If I close my eyes, I don't see an you apple. Won't see it. It comes down to a lack of a mind's eye, basically, right? Yeah, I don't have a mind's eye. Mm. I got a great big hole where my mind used to be. <laughs> that sounds like a a hole in my heart and a hole in your mind. But I can play uh, Baldur's Gate three. You know, or I will once Paris teaches me. Let's take a little break yeah. now that we've talked about AI ad, ad infinitum <laughs> and my lack of an eye. Um, it's probably why I got into, you know, I think when I was a kid, I played chess and I'm, I was always trying to play blindfold chess and I play well enough that I can what? do that. Really? Yeah. But I don't see. How young bo- were you? Oh, 12. You know, not really young, not little, little. Uh, I, st- I got into it in, in seventh grade. And uh, and there are people who can play thirty games of blindfold chess, mm. and they see they can see the board, right? And they can and they can have the 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 uh, champion of this was an old San Francisco international master named George Koltanowski used to write the chess column in the San Francisco Chronicle. Mm. You might you might remember uh, Colty. Um, Colty. Uh, he but he I think his record was. Um, 34 games simultaneously blindfolded. Wow. And uh, and winning, wow. by the way. <laughs> winning wow. every one of them. So I would always try to do that. I could do one. I can only do one. But it, but it's a lot of effort because I can't see the board. I can play over the board. And one of the things I think that got me into chess was this idea of seeing moves ahead. Because you don't, you have to kind of imagine this move, this move, this move, this move. And it was a way for me building up wow. uh, that capability. Um Would you like to know more about me? Anything else? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, you can you draw? Type, can you type without looking at the keyboard? Like, or I'm do not you a trained touch typist, but yeah, no, I don't have to look at the keyboard because I've done it enough now. Okay. I know where the keys are. That's muscle memory, though, isn't it? That's yeah. different. That's, true. That's not I visualization. Mean, it starts with kind of visualization. Could you paint? No. Can't paint or draw. I guess, you know, if I were looking at something, I could. I could. <laughs> I could look at, I could, I could. It's uh, <laughs> a really good sticker. Uh, another uh, fabulous, uh, now see everybody at home Get listening it, is going, Get it, what are Joe. they saying? What are they looking at? I don't know. They know how I feel, right? I can't visualize yeah, that sticker. This is, you're living inside Leo's mind. Yeah. It's dark in there. Uh, uh, this, folks, is why you have to join the club so that you can, <laughs> in the future, watch streaming 
on Joe Esposito has made a sticker. He makes stickers with our pictures and funny slogans. In this case, I have my hands over my face. I'm playing peekaboo. And the slogan at the top is, I'm not an idiot. And at the bottom, this week in apples. <laughs> and uh, you, maybe you had to be there. But it's it's a, it's a, I would like to put that on my laptop. That's for sure. That's awesome. So I will really tell good. you something about me. My emails provider, mm-hmm. Fastmail. Our show today brought to you by, ooh, I love it, Fast Mail. And more and more, I think if you ask around, John Dvorak used to have a test to see if somebody was a geek or not. He'd say, what's your search engine? And if they said Alta Vista, he'd go, you're nothing. You're nobody. If they said Google, and this was in 2011 or something, oh, see, there's a, there's a geek. If you go around and you ask the smartest people in technology, that use technology that you know, the IT gurus and so forth, what email provider you use? They don't say Gmail. They don't say Hotmail. They don't say AOL. They don't say uh, uh, Outlook. They say Fastmail. Because the free email services turn you into a product. You're not the customer. You're the product. Fastmail, yeah, you pay for it. Like, it starts at three bucks a month. But if you if email is important to you, if you take email seriously, using a free email service is a recipe for disaster. There's no support. Go ahead and try to, you know, something goes wrong with your Gmail account. Get somebody to <laughs> fix it for you. There's nobody home. It's a Python script. Fastmail, they're real people who care about you because you're a customer and who will help you. The service, the support, and the product is fantastic. Now, Fastmail does you know, mail, right? So you can use any mail client you're already using with Fastmail. They're an IMAP server. They use the very popular, very well-known Cyrus IMAP server. In fact, they contribute back upstream to it. They're very good. Uh, but they also have iOS apps and Android apps. And, and I've tried all the iOS apps and I end up going back to the Fastmail app. It's just perfect. They have a web interface. I know a lot of people like webmail. Don't worry, you're not giving that up. In fact, the Fastmail webmail is the best out there. It has quick settings. From the quick settings menu, you can easily choose a new theme. You can switch between light and dark mode. Jeff, you'll like that. You could change your text size without leaving the Fastmail screen you're looking at. Uh, you can create a new masked email address right there. Show or hide your reading pane. Switch between folders and labels. You can auto-save contacts. That's a nice feature because then Fastmail's very powerful filtering can be used to only show you mail from people you know your contacts and if you respond to somebody they're automatically added to that list you can even use gravatars or other external services to add images of senders even if you've never met them before so it's it's much more personal fastmail also does calendars and address books you know i just set up a new computer instead of syncing my calendar to google or some other service i use fastmail it does everything google does and more for my contacts, for my calendars, for my notes, all using standards, CalDAV, CardDAV, WebDAV. Fastmail will sell you a domain, or you can bring your own. I have brought more than a dozen domains to Fastmail. Why would you do that? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, I can send email from any of those domains using all of the top authentication processes. So your mail is much more likely to get through, you know, DKIM and uh, SPF and things like that. But also... The other advantage of having a domain hosted at Fastmail for email is I can create an infinite number of email addresses at any of those domains. So I use my domains to really control how I get my mail, who gets which mail address. It's really fantastic. For over 20 years, Fastmail has been a leader in email privacy. 
They believe in working for you as a customer, people to be cared for, not a product to be exploited. You pay for free email with your privacy. At Fastmail, your data is yours. As little as $3 a month. They have great spam filters and no ads on the webpage. I love Fastmail. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Fastmail also supports that new feature that Bitwarden, our sponsor, and 1Password have that you can create custom email addresses for every account you sign up for, which is like an extra password. So now they'd have to know the bad guy, they'd have to know the password and the email address. But it still goes into your inbox. It's really, really great. Easy to move to fast mail. If you care about email, start using email that cares about you. Fast mail. Try it free for 30 days. Reclaim your privacy. Boost your productivity. Fastmail.com slash twit. Uh, we love this. I mean, I'm telling you, just ask around. Anybody who really knows their stuff will say, oh, yeah, fast mail. Fast mail. Fastmail.com slash twit. We thank them. So much, uh, you know, I've been using and recommending Fastmail for free for more than a decade. Finally, we got them to buy an ad. I'm really, really glad that uh, they're supporting us here at This Week in Google. Big, big decision going on in the EU today. And I hadn't heard a word one about it till Steve Gibson mentioned it yesterday. Article 45. This is an article uh, from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Article 45 will roll back web security by 12 years. It's part of a new regulation. They use voting on it today. Roll back? Yeah, it's called EIDAS, E-I-D-A-S 2.0. And buried deep within it in the text of Article 45 is a rule that says any country in the EU can create their own certificate authority and browsers and operating systems must include that certificate authority in the browser, which means any government in the EU can basically snoop on any traffic that's going on in your browser. Explain that. How does that work? So so you know about... um, HTTPS, secure. Yes. And that's done with public key crypto, essentially. You have a private certificate and a public certificate. Uh, there is a, every operating system and every browser comes with a list of approved certificate authorities, reliable, trustworthy uh, uh. Uh, companies approved by ICANN to sell certificates. We use uh, GoDaddy's one. We use DigiCert. That's another one. Uh, and, and you can change your own, I assume. You yeah. Can, you can and so you get that certificate. And on my website, so if you go to, in fact, we can do it right now. If you go to twit.tv. Wait a second. So is this why sometimes when you click on a website, let's say in like Google Chrome, it says like, oh, go back. It's insecure. Yes. There's something up with this. Well, that's one thing they also the scan the for. They also, yes. List. So you could have a, so for instance, if you set your um, your, your date and time to uh, 1970 on your computer or to 2028, uh, all of a sudden, a lot of sites won't load anymore. It'll say, no, the certificate's out of date or it doesn't have a proper certificate. That's because you can't establish an encrypted traffic with that site. And every site now is HTTPS uh, because their certificate be. is doesn't match your date. Well, right? Your, well, part of what Caparis is asking too, right, Leo, is some sites that aren't HTTPS, you'll get that message. Yeah, the Google's been it's pushing well. on that. Yeah, this, the, this yeah. is only for HTTPS. But now almost everything you go to is is secure using certificates. You can go to a, a secure site, and you can and you can find out more about their certificate if you uh, click the lock on the site. It'll say connection secure, 
And then in our case, it says verifiedbygodaddy.com. You can even look at the well, that certificate. that makes me feel secure. Well, <laughs> no, they're legit. They're a legit. I know. Cert- I, know cert- I know. I'm not a crazy about them, but they were a lot cheaper than we used to do a stitches yeah. cert. But you can see that, that GoDaddy has verified that, that this is twit.tv. See, it says verified by, and you can actually view the certificate. And, and GoDaddy is a certificate authority. That means that ICANN the, has approved them to issue certificates, and the browsers then have that information stored in them as, as well as the operating systems. So they can say, yeah, yeah, you're on a secure site, and that certificate that you're getting from the site really does say you're at TWIT. You really are at TWIT. And you can get a, you know, there's the public key info. There's all sorts of, there's fingerprints. There's all sorts of information in here, which you never have to look at. But the browser does to verify that, yeah, you are there. And what that also does is establish an encrypted signal. That's the whole point of HTTPS between your com- your browser, your computer, and the server. So that nobody can intercept it. Nobody can inter- insert anything into it. It's a private encrypted transaction. Except... The EU now wants to allow and says, well, I don't know if it's passed yet, must that any country, including Turkey, including any country in the EU can establish a certificate authority. So Viktor Orban has his certificate. Exactly. And it gets inserted there. It's not a certificate. It's a he mints certificates and he and he can essentially do a man in the middle. Mm. Oh, I see. Okay. For any site that's using that certificate, the EFF says this is a catastrophe for the privacy of everyone who uses the Internet, particularly for those who use the Internet in the EU. Browser makers have not announced their plans yet, but it seems inevitable. They will have to create two versions of their software, one for the EU with security checks removed, another for the rest of the world with security checks intact. By the way, it is not just the browser these days. Many browsers, Chrome, I think, does this, use the certificates from the operating system. So it's really Apple and Microsoft and Google Mm. that uh, would be responsible for this. The current text of Article 45 requires browsers trust CAs appointed by governments and, and this most critically, prohibits browsers from enforcing any security requirements on those CAs beyond what's approved by ETS. I always say governments are not are not the best protector of privacy. They are the worst threat to privacy because they have laws and police and jails and so on. Yeah. Leo, let me ask you a question though. Could I could you as an individual user choose what certificate? So that's not the point. No. The certificate is at the at the at, no. the, at the site you're going to. It's yeah. not about your browser. So here at twit.tv we have private keys and right. Uh, your certificate authority, your browser, your operating system uh, has the public key. When you come to our site, it says verify this public key. If I and if I don't have the private key, I can't verify it. Then you know I'm not Twit. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody impersonating Twit, right? Furthermore, there's an encrypted transaction established with Twit, and it it certifies that that encrypted transaction is secure. Um. Misissued certificates, this is again quoting the EFF, have been used to spy on traffic in the past. Uh, they're very so famous. are you going to a site, I'm still understanding, are you going to a site that you think is Twit and it's not, and that's how that's the traffic one way. is spied upon? Or okay. if Twit were using a certificate issued by Viktor Orban's Turk government uh, right. or, or Erdogan's government, uh, 
then in uh, Hungary, then uh, they could actually do a man in the middle on that traffic and see what you're doing. So if so, this is problematic to say the least. Is there any possible uh, uh, realist uh, uh, appropriate rationale why the EU government would think this is a good idea? The same as the UK trying to get rid of encryption. Is this a, a way to do it? This is not quite a back door. This is something else. Someone lobbied. What's, what's, what's their <laughs> justification? How would they justify this? I think it would sound more like what you were saying with the man in the middle. You know, you can still get to where you're That's going. That's a good way to spy on but people. But somebody is able to scrape yeah. and, and probably monetize off of the data that they're scraping. It's a strange thing to ask for. I suspect it's the reason, but I'm not sure. They're basically lowering security. Uh, why a government would want to lower security uh, this the EFS says that's why it's so disturbing. EDAS two is poised to prevent browsers from holding CAs accountable. By all means, raise the bar for CA security, but permanently lowering the bar means less accountability for certificate authorities and less security for internet users everywhere. Uh, they say the text isn't final yet, but is subject to approval behind closed doors in Brussels today. Hmm. So I just thought I'd pat. I had no idea about this. No one has been. No one's raised the alarm until Steve Gibson did on Security Now yesterday, and like my hair was on fire. Nobody yelled about this. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm watching. I'm monitoring to see if what comes out of Brussels. uh, I mean, I see no reason that the thing is no. There hasn't been time to raise a protest. Uh, There have been some uh, protests from. I think there was a letter signed by the fathers and mothers of the internet uh, saying, let's not do this. Yeah, but 500 cybersecurity experts, researchers, it. and NGOs yeah. signed an open letter. Yeah, but it's being... Uh, note that single number, uh, signal number under Paris's name. If you got any scoops about this, that's where you go. Yeah, <laughs> It's just Send a shocker. It, it is. Wow. Because... I, I, well, it was only after a hell of a lot of pressure in the UK, their, their so-called online safety bill, which is now an act, uh, was going to require backdoor and through encryption. The authorities want their ways to spy on what yeah. we do. I, and I, Edward I, Snowden taught us that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what the real motivation is behind this. But And isn't the authorities' motivation um, for, for our own public security is why they want that backdoor? They're going to say... I think that's what I've been hearing at one point. Yeah, well, it's for us. It's good yeah. for us. So, so, so we fed child us, yeah. uh, pornography, you know, child porn. Make sure, yeah. porn. make sure everybody's. How can you be in favor up. of child porn, Ant? Yeah, what's wrong right. with you? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's amazing. What a world, huh? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything more to say about <clears> that. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, you were obviously uh, Paris. You're doing some research, so um, maybe the information could uh, cover this. I'd be very curious to see what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to your point through. about AI, Leo. It's it's we got to be concerned about humans, and we got to be concerned about governments the first humans. and foremost among yeah, those it's humans. Always the humans. Yeah. Gosh darn humans! They ruin everything. GM has halted production of cruise driverless vans. We've been covering this story first. Uh, the California Public Utilities Commission said, "Go ahead, put self-driving vehicles all over San Francisco." Then there was a uh, death, an accident. Uh, then the DMV s- pulled their license, saying you mis- misled us, you lied to us about what happened. Then uh, GM's crews shut down operation all over the uh, country. And now the latest is they're also going to stop producing these 
cruise driverless vans. Wow. <laughs> Boy, going what from a, a yeah, quick 180. slide. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, reeling from a, a U-turn, mu- you might a say. A U-turn. Uh, a th- <laughs> Rim shot Three-point U-turn. Cruise CEO Kyle Vogt held an all-hands meeting on Monday to explain how the company was planning to address concerns that its vehicles are not yet safe enough to operate. Uh, one of the very first announcements was they were going to pause production of their fully autonomous van called the Origin, which they were going to put everywhere. Uh, In addition, Cruise's software had, quote, problems recognizing children, putting yeah. them at risk, according yeah. to a Monday story from yeah. The Intercept. Yeah, that's typically not what you want. You don't want <laughs> children are kind of a, a target audience for not, you know, <laughs> well, the, the sort of things word. you want to not. Yeah. Target yeah. is a bad yeah. word. <laughs> they're, they're the non-target audience, ideally. Uh, um yeah, I mean, that's what uh, somebody accused... Uh, Tesla's uh, FS3 was accused of also mm-hmm. uh, hitting kids. Remember the guy who made videos? He would put oh, little God. kids-shaped yeah, I remember that mannequins stunt. out there, and they kept running them the, down. The guy who challenged someone via tweet to come over and put your child in front of my Tesla, yeah, I promise yeah. it won't hit yeah, you. Or Did he kids. really? Did he like do Yes. That? No, Elon didn't do that. Some no, someone else did. did. I don't think that they actually put their kid out there, but it was a tweet was sent to that effect, oh, and it haunts me. My God, we've showed this before, but I'll. This is uh, the independent Tesla crashes into child dummy as auto brake test fails. Here's a Tesla. There's a child. Oh no no no! Oh, Ooh. there goes its head. It didn't slow down at all. It didn't slow down. At there all. is a piece of that. The child's leg is flowing. Look at these other the cars stopped. Well, let's see. Wait a minute. Here it comes. Let's see. This is. Uh, I don't know who this is. Is it a GM? Well, I don't like a Lexus. The first. It one looks there. like. Uh, yeah, looks the first like one stopped. <laughs> Tesla, right? But the first one go. Reach. So it is possible to recognize children. Yeah, it's a Lexus. <laughs> wow. Um, I love that they dress the child dummies up in jeans and hoodies, and they have them kind of like mid-walk. Really a lot of attention to detail here. Uh, Tesla is demanding an advocacy group take down those videos. Um, Yeah, well, I can understand why they might be a little sensitive. (laughs) A little bad press. This is back from uh, August of last year. Anyway, apparently Cruz had the same problem. You know, this is, they're little. They're easy to miss. Yeah. That's all it is. And again, I, every time we... <laughs> you have this problem too, right, Leo? When we go out, problem. you're like, oh, man. I, all these kids I don't recognize street. what a kid looks like anymore. I forget what kids are. I close my I eyes. I can't and picture I them in my mind's eye. I think I remember that they're little. I remember that characteristic. Are they red and round? They're no, that's an apple. I just try not to have uh, anything in jeans and a hoodie. That's my, my policy. I think that's really smart. Um... That's crazy. It is interesting that that they that they admitted this. This is from a uh, a, a recording that Forbes heard from an all hands meeting. Um, the so I guess maybe put a hold on that van for a, a little while. This, but I have to point out every time we do this story, humans probably hit kids a lot more than self driving vehicles. Yeah, yeah. We're, with something that's going on like that with crews and halting production, basically going back into. R and D, right? They're not necessarily just shutting yes. things down. Okay, so with that said, uh, shareholders and people that are investing in this—that's it. 
I'm assuming they would take this in stride and say, okay, let's get this stuff right because we'll eventually make our money, or, or is it going to be... I look, uh, I look at just we're now stocks run. down 3%. Okay. Oh, that's big. Actually, wow. that's a lot. Wow. Ouch. I think a lot of people feel like this. Uh, the future of, of uh, cars is self-driving, yeah? I don't want that, but sure. Because I, like, uh, I like driving sometimes. My new car. I was going to say, a, don't people love driving cars? That's Isn't that this, famously what car I, people are all about? I, every time I asked Ford CEO back in the day, mm. when, when, what are you doing with self-driving? Because Tesla had already started. He said, P- Leo, people love to drive. Yeah. <laughs> that was his answer. Yeah. Now I drive a self-driving Ford. So I don't like driving around the city, but, you know, I do enjoy going through Napa on those back roads. It's nice man. when cars oh. help you. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to drive. Oh, I don't the trust thing. them. I don't trust them. I never, I never, I have never done cruise control. What? Really? I, I do not. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. I will not do cruise control. I'm with Jeff on that, actually. I turn it on all the time. No cruise Benito control? Benito Gonzalez, technical director and expert. Yeah, I've, I've never used cruise control either. Really? Yeah. You are weird. Dude. I use it all the time. <laughs> all the time. Paris, until you moved to New York, were you? did you drive? I, eight years ago, yeah, I drove, <laughs> but I haven't driven. I don't drive now. I, that's Is one of my favorite things about living expired? here. your driver's license expired? I had to transfer it to a New York one, and then keep it up to date so that I can occasionally oh, take a zip car. I'll, I'll drive uh, a zip car to yeah. the Costco yeah. in Brooklyn, and I don't use cruise control for that because I am going about five miles an hour through Brooklyn <laughs> yeah. traffic. So, Mr. Jarvis, you are you going to drive from Jersey to Petaluma without cruise control? That's what yeah. you're saying? Wow. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do yeah. it. Wow. And the only time I used it was when I, my hip hurt. I was getting my sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to keep my foot on the darn pedal was hurting. That's the only time I've used it, and I hated it. Hated it. Control freak. I, oh, I feel out of control. I mean, <laughs> See, this is why we never remember anyone's faces, is because, uh, <laughs> Jeff, you're out here being like, I can't relinquish control from driving. No. You're not going to have any room left in your brain for the face. Well, I damn, damn near didn't get married, because mm. we almost got divorced when we got married, because I was trying to tell my wife that I had a stick-shift car and wanted her to learn how to ride the stick-shift car. And she was like, Why? <laughs> Why no. would you do this? No, do you still I'm, have I'm a with you on the car? stick shift. Oh, no, I'm with you on the stick oh, no. shift. Get I still it. have a stick shift. I love it. <laughs> Benito has a stick shift. <laughs> I, I'm with you on the stick shift. I love those. Yeah, I like that. Do you you don't own that now in your BMW? Do you, Ed? If it were, I, w- I would I would have been happy for it. But no, they don't have a stick shift. <laughs> no, I have Queen a little drive a stick. Shift? I have a, a like a no, knob on my Mustang. It's like a dial that you dial. And I think the new car's got a little. Like just a thumb. Yeah, it's got the little sh- push thumb shifter. Thing. And then the new car, I'm excited because if uh, if it's got if I have the uh, uh, cruise control on and I and I want to change lanes, I just look at the mirror and it goes. Whoosh. That's pretty cool. That's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I think I'll be turning that off pretty quick. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and yes, Queen wow. Pruitt can drive a stick shift. Yes, she can. can. She? Yes, she can. You know who can really you just told that? Drive a stick shift. No, no, she I just, just remembered. I can drive oh, okay. it. <laughs> you know who could drive a stick shift and has terrified me is my my lovely wife Lisa. When I had a Mustang with a yeah. stick shift, but we were buying it. She said, yeah. let me do a little test drive. You I sit in the back that. seat. I love <laughs> it. Gosh, I love that. That was pinned she, to the <laughs> side and then pinned <laughs> to the other side. I, I've seen how she drives Pepper, her her, her car out there now. Is, uh, she is a afraid. demon. She ain't afraid. Not right. afraid. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Not afraid. Leo, Leo, meanwhile, is going over the bridge in his, in his three-wheel bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So talk about AI. Uh, the uh, SAG strike is ongoing. The yeah. producers made a take-it-or-leave-it offer. And according to Gizmodo, by pushing a truly horrifying AI deal. I like this uh, picketer whose sign says, pay the actors, you AI holes. <laughs> Nice. Uh, this Great is the, the final offer, they said. Well, we'll see. You know how that well, is. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's not a great negotiating It's our point. final offer. We're going <laughs> to take our toys and go home. <laughs> we don't need actors. Uh, so the uh, clause included in the offer, the Alliance Ooh. of Motion Picture and Television Producers is seeking to s- secure AI scans oh, for cool. Schedule F performers. That is, guild members who earn more than the minimum series regulars, which is a lot. 32000 for TV episode, 60000 for a movie. If you get paid that much, then they say, you, we can scan you. That's bull. We are required, uh, as are the streamers, to pay to scan the likely, likeness. Uh, and when we, until you're dead. And then... <laughs> We can use it any way we want forever and ever. Oh, no. Oh, we need somebody for this hemorrhoid cream commercial. Let's use the dead guy. Without the consent of their estate or SAG-AFTRA, we will have the right to continue to use those scans. So basically... What's the class for? An extra or... um, Yeah, I I don't... Let me see here. This is one of the big... Why you make up people then? This is... uh, Why, Why use somebody real? Uh, according to uh, uh, SAG negotiators, maybe Fran Drescher. I'll do it in a Fran Drescher voice. This is one of the biggest. No, I won't. This is one of the biggest. Re- <laughs> I love it. She's a immediate bail. The nanny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. This is one of the biggest reasons SAG did not accept the last, best, and final offer from the AMPTP. We could not allow that language to stand. This is massive. Every also, single. Also because last and final is redundant, and we're just offended by that. But keep going. Yeah. Um. Every single A, B, C, D, and E lister, all the higher paid performers who think this is a minimum wage strike, they must know they are in this fight. Yeah, because it would affect them. Mm-hmm. They have to realize this is about protecting them. This is their strike now when they realize uh, what's on the line. Uh, AI like- is, it turns out AI is, be, you know, at the time I thought, well, AI is a side problem to the issue of getting paid properly for streaming because there's no residuals for streaming mm-hmm. but as it turns out they've come to they've come together on the streaming part it's the ai part they're really having a trouble with name image and likeness yeah. basically yeah. yeah forever without asking permission that's bull you know if they want to create somebody with ai they can create Someone, I'm assuming in the future, all of our technology is going to get better as well, far as creating yeah. uh, 3D models and texture models. Put yourself in the position of the producer. That's exactly what they're saying. We just, while these guys are alive, we just want to get a scan of them. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't want, I don't want them scanning any of the actors. But what I'm saying is, it, but if they have someone Tom knows how Cruise to sketch out scanned, a person, they never. After forever after they have Tom Cruise. What's the what's the class yeah, that's, four? That's I still want to know that. That's bull. Class schedule F performers. That's people oh, who schedule. earn more than minimum. So, oh wow, the big guys. Oh, so it's not lowers. It's the big guys. It's the big yeah. guys. That's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, the company suggested clause will require studios and streamers to pay to scan the likeness, but not for the reuse of the AI scans. SAG AFRA is seeking to attach a compensation for the reuse. And 
permission. Producers would need to secure con- consent from the performer. Yes. The yes. language currently yeah. in the offer would see the studios and streamers secure the rights to use scans of deceased performers without the consent of their estate or SAG-AFTRA. Oh, That's crap. just ridiculous. Wow. Oh, That's just, it's That's such a ridiculous. sneaky little grab. Oh, we'll pay you yeah. to scan you. But after that, but it's But you ours. can be in, you know, every commercial or movie we want to put you in and we'll not give you a cent. Yeah. It's absolutely That's ridiculous. Crazy. I imagine if you're A-list, you can say, you, you make your own deal. You could say, well, absolutely. Are you kidding? Absolutely. You know, Tom Cruise will have control of his image and likeness. That's the problem with, with the, the, the Church list. of Scientology will have control of his Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Will. Actually, uh, he's been dead for years, and they, they just make him up every year. Makes sense. Uh, oh, here's another AI story we're doing this week in AI, I guess. Now, this, now, consider the source on this. This comes from CNN, who says Microsoft is making a mess of the news. <laughs> there is some bad stuff in here. There's some really bad stuff. So Microsoft used to have editors. They had 800 editors in 2018 working on Microsoft News, which, by the way, if you use Windows, you know this, in the lower right-hand corner of Windows 11 is a little widget. Click it, and you're going to get news. So it's really I knew some of those editors. They were good editors. Well, they're not there anymore. They're using AI now. And uh, and this is CNN's lead. False claims. False, by the way. I want to underscore this. False claims that President Joe Biden fell asleep during a moment of silence for victims of the Maui wildfire. A conspiracy theory that the latest surge in COVID-19 cases is being orchestrated by the Democratic Party ahead of the election and an obituary for a late NBA player that described him as useless. Yeah, these, and he wasn't even late. The <laughs> guy was are, still alive. Oh, yeah, and he wasn't dead. Yeah, these are being published by Microsoft on their company's homepage, MSN.com. Not, Microsoft isn't creating it, right? They're linking to awful stuff. Is that what it is? Yes, I forget. Yes, they yeah. because they're using our automation to curate the homepage, and the automation, I guess, just can't tell the difference between a true story and a made-up story and i mean some of this you can really lay the f- blame at the foot of the internet it's full of stuff like this right and yeah, but, more all the time yeah but again if we're going to use ai tools we should have some human interaction to go in and, and do a little fact checking here and there the Microsoft. biggest the biggest most public thing was the guardian was furious because they had an article about a young woman who was found dead with head injuries at a school in sydney australia un- of unknown cause mm-hmm. right? Uh, probably a murder. I think, you know, she didn't fall off the slide. Um, When MSN republished the Guardian story, it accompanied it with an AI-generated poll asking readers, what do you think is the reason behind the woman's death? Murder, accident, or suicide? Unbelievable. Oh, God. Uh, And people blamed the Guardian because it was right next to the... They thought the Guardian had generated that poll. Anna Bateson, chief executive of the Guardian Media Group, said in a sharply worded letter to Microsoft. Sharply and Sharply that the auto poll was deeply concerning application of the company's AI technology and demanded Microsoft take full responsibility. Uh, Not only is this sort of application potentially distressing for the family of the individual as the subject of the story, it's also deeply damaging, she wrote, to the Guardian's hard-won reputation for trusted, sensitive journalism and to the reputation of the individual journalists who wrote the story. Hey, but Microsoft PR, they responded. 
A Microsoft spokesperson said the company was disabling all polls on news articles <laughs> and investigating the cause of the inappropriate. And we're pulling back content. all of our self-driving cars right. and editors. We regret yeah. the error. Yeah. Uh, can statement number one eight five B, sir. That's all that was. Uh, Brand- I did think it was really funny when they republished a story about uh, Brandon Hunter, the former NBA player uh, who had died unexpectedly at the age of forty two. But they published it under the headline, Brandon Hunter, useless at yeah. 42. <laughs> now, see, no, there was another one where that's the guy exactly, was still alive. That's exactly what an AI would think. There was another one where oh, the guy yeah. was still alive. He actually now. was traded. We can't use him anymore. <laughs> oh, that's totally what an AI would say. Yeah, I remember that one. He was, yeah. he was, was one dead. He was, he was traded. He was traded. Yeah. Well, close. Good grief. <laughs> Not dead. Dead, dead to me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, it is CNN gloating a little bit on see, see, see what happens when you when you don't use humans. Yeah. But uh, that is pretty bad. Uh, that's pretty. And it's, uh, Microsoft is making, I, I argue often, irresponsible use. They shouldn't have put ChatGPT in search. You expect decent results. It's not hallucinations. It doesn't know facts. It's wrong to put it there. You saying they shouldn't put ChatGPT in search? That's what you just said. Yes. Is it okay? Is it okay that Google puts Bard there? I think it's. I think it's also bad, but Google does it a little bit differently, where it's not the search engine; it's to the side, Uh, and all this is extra stuff, and you can judge it. Fair. I'm not saying that's a hell of a lot better, but it is at least different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Stop playing the game, Leo. We see you on the on the camera. (laughs) I'm getting ready for the next day. Playing the game. You're trying to. I'm getting ready Leo, for the next day. You should be tweeting. It's, it's the oh, you're trying. show. This is the time where tweeting. you've got to be sending a tweet. It's supposed to be tweeting. No, I'm setting up MyLeo on my new uh, computer. And we'll talk about MyLeo in uh, just a little bit. But first, a word from our other sponsor, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Yay. Ooh. This Week in Google brought to you by the data quality experts, Melissa. For over 38 years, Melissa has helped companies harness the value of their customer data to drive insight. Maintain data quality and support global intelligence. All data expires. This is important to know. About 25% a year. Having clean and verified data helps customers have a smooth, error-free purchase experience. Bad data? That's bad business. In fact, costs an average of $9 million every year. Melissa's flexible. It'll fit into any business model. Verifying addresses for more than 240 countries to ensure only valid and billing and shipping addresses enter into your system. So easy, either for your customer or a customer service rep to fumble finger an address. And then, you know, you're forevermore. You got the bad address in there, but no, not with Melissa. And they could do it all over the world. Melissa's international address verification cleans and corrects street addresses worldwide. And it will automatically transliterate from one system to another, for instance, Chinese to Cyrillic. It's very sophisticated. Focus your spending where it matters the most. Melissa offers free trials, sample codes, flexible pricing. There's an ROI guarantee and unlimited technical support to customers all over the world. Once you sign up with Melissa, it's easy to integrate other services like Melissa's identity verification, which helps you increase compliance, reduce fraud, and improve onboarding. And Melissa's Enrich which helps you gain insight into who and where your customers are. Download the free Melissa Lookups app, too. By the way, this is free on Google Play 
or Apple's App Store. You don't even have to sign up. You can validate an address and a personal identity in the U.S. or Canada. Check global phone numbers to find caller, carrier, and geographic information. It even has a global IP address locator and more. That's called Melissa Lookups on iOS and Android. Melissa's achieved the highest level of security status available by gaining FedRAMP authorization. Uh, that's good news. Those technologies exclusively for governmental agencies, but everybody automatically gains that superior level of security. Melissa's solutions and services are GDPR and CCPA compliant. They meet SOC 2 and HIPAA high trust standards for information security management. Make sure your contact data is up to date. Get started today with 1,000 records claimed for free. Ooh, just right for a Christmas card list, I'm thinking. Melissa.com slash twit. M-E-L-I-S-S-A. Melissa.com slash twit. We thank them so much for their support of This Week in Google. Our friend um, uh, Alex Kantrowitz of the Big Technology Podcast and the Big Technology Substack. I see you put a link in uh, the. Uh, I did indeed. Saying uh, we and by the way, I don't know if you know this, but Alex is a regular on. Uh, on he's Twitter. really good when he's on on the Sunday show. He's very smart. Well, I forgot to put the link in though. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm stalling oh, as geez. I try to find it. Oh, um, he says that AI, open AI, is a lot more vulnerable than you think. Vulnerable to what? Do you know, Jeff? Did you read it or did you, you find it? I, yeah, I, it I have the article because I, no. oh, I subscribe. Out. He's in uh, in my omnivore. All the press, money, and awards in the world in the won't world. prevent OpenAI from the reality of competition. Um, right. This is kind of what I was saying before: is that we, you know, is 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 OpenAI <clears throat> doing what it's doing with more power, bigger, 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 and and cheaper because it's just they want to be ahead of everybody, or because they're scared of who's going to come up behind them. Yeah. Uh, he quotes uh, Michael Mignano, a VC at Lightspeed, who says, the trend is you start with OpenAI, then the second step, you build your product's model agnostic, and you swap in any model, and the experience stays exactly the same for the user. Then the third and final step, you start training your own models, and everything's right. proprietary and in-house. And of course, as you pointed out, open uh, source is also going to be a threat, which is good. I mean, which, yeah. is, which is great, but there's but there's government forces trying to stop that. the The EU is thinking of trying to outlaw uh, open source AI, and and uh, Mozilla is saying no, and and Jan Lacon is really fighting the fight to say that it, we need benefit. Now, you could argue that it's cynical on Meta's part; that's the only way they can keep up, like Amazon and like uh, Android and Google. But I think it's also a matter of principle, right? Mm. The story that I forgot I mentioned before in 63 is Microsoft making advances with small models. I think this is a factor, too, is that what holds the barrier to entry is, well, my God, we have the entire world of all text ever done, and it's going to be really hard for you to beat. Well, if you can make small models and make them updatable easily uh, and they're open source, maybe there's not much room for a barrier to entry here. Yeah, this is from our good friend uh, Reed Albergati, writing at the Semaphore, another regular on our uh, shows. Um, he says the most impactful advances in AI have been smaller open source models, uh, like Meta's Llama 2, uh, which doesn't come close to beating GPT-4 and GPT-4 in overall performance, but it's small size 
and its ability to be customized makes it a good option for a large swath of people. I think that's probably what these GPTs that OpenAI announced are, yeah. are in response yeah. to. Like, well, well, hey, wait a minute, slow down. We can, you know, you can use us in a variety of ways as small models. Am I understanding this correctly? I think it's a great correctly? area. I mean, there's just there's just nonstop competition, and and yeah. that's good, right? Am I understanding this that these smaller models are basically just more curated models? I, I'm I'm not quite getting it. As I understand it, well, Leo, you try first. You're smarter than I am. Yeah, I can't see it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, because... No, they're smaller in a couple of ways. You've seen Google talk so much about how it can compress models, right? Hmm. Everybody would like to right. put the models on your device. Okay. And Google's yeah. got models down that are small enough you can put on the Pixel 8 and so mm -hmm. forth. So that's one way you kind of compress them. The other is fewer tokens, uh, simpler models that aren't as big and as elaborate. They're also cheaper Ooh. to generate, which is okay. the big... I, th I yeah. still think cost... We've talked a lot about this with uh, Richard Campbell on uh, Windows Weekly because he's kind of big on enterprise computing and, uh, and cloud computing. The big issue is going to be the cost of these models. Training these models is very expensive and then running them is very expensive. Okay. But that, that's the so question big. is once you know how to write, once you know how to do some of these basics and you have an open source version... Um, then training them on a finite corpus, uh, I think, would be oh, a lot yeah. cheaper, right? Making them smaller cuts the cost as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So uh, that's certainly an area where people are going to push. I think it's very exciting. I mean, I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I, as I said, I've been an AI, quite an AI skeptic for some time, but I do feel like. So, there's some. There, I'm starting to see some real uses. That, you know, even here at Twit, we use them. And they're quite quite good, not just for uh, graphics, although that's been fun. A lot of it's been f toys and fun stuff. But the show notes that we generate are quite good. Um, there's a lot of value that we can, you know, especially when an AI is given a corpus of information so it can't make stuff up. That's the key. There's a lot mm -hmm. of value in what an AI can do. And I can see, I can see in the years to come, we're going to have all sorts of, we're going to have little AI buddies everywhere, don't you think? Mm -hmm. In our glasses Absolutely. frames? Yeah. What would you but, I mean I think that that's part of what is interesting about this stage in the discourse we're getting to is I was on you said I was very you know hesitant and skeptic whenever everyone was saying AI is going to change everything about life and uh, totally take over the world but I think that yeah it's very reasonable and likely that AI is going to change a lot of little things. Yeah. Um, I like the lives. idea of little buddy AIs if it's something that we can manage ourselves and not through some big company um holding our hands yeah everyone gets you know a clippy I mean? right give me that but let it be something that i can control and manage and store all of the information on and not necessarily something that google has its eye on you know what i mean yeah yeah what would you use a little clippy for ant um remembering is that Paris Martin? No, or is <laughs> would you use AI? In, uh, you know, you're a well, photographer. Apple. Would you use AI in photo editing and processing? Yes. Yeah, all the time. Already, Luminar does some really amazing Speeds stuff. Up the process. They have uh, they've had for a couple of years a program called Luminar AI, which does things like if you you know I take a lot of pictures when you're traveling. You, and it's a cloudy day. It's a cloudy day. You're not mm -hmm. going to be able to stick around till it's a beautiful sky. Yep. But a Luminar AI will put a better sky in your photo. Oh, there's the sky. Let me fix that for you. <laughs> Boom. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. It does a really good job. Or And we've seen that Google show this again and again, removing parts of a picture. Yeah. Or, 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 uh, or as we saw switching faces. The, the Washington Post yeah. a week ago 
screamed about this. This is the end. We're never going to know what's true again. And I went back and looking. Well, that ship has sailed has been stuff Abraham photoshopped Lincoln. for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even even back to Abraham Lincoln, one of the most famous portraits of Abraham Lincoln of him standing up with a with a you know a, 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 something there um, and a book in his hand. It's Abraham Lincoln's face, but it's infamous, horrible um, anti-abolitionist uh, Cal- John C. Calhoun body. During uh, the 1816 oh. campaign, as a Republican candidate, um, rumors of Lincoln's ugliness proliferated. <laughs> the Northern, uh, I'm sorry, Some the Newburn Weekly Progress wrote that Lincoln was, quote, coarse, vulgar, and uneducated. The Houston Telegraph opined he was the leanest, lankiest, most ungainly mass of legs, arms, and hatchet face ever strung on a single frame. He has the most unwarrantably abused the privilege, which all politicians have, of being (laughs) ugly. Uh, So, yeah, admittedly, wasn't the best-looking fella ever. uh, uh, So this is an actual photo of Lincoln. But uh, one way that they made him look better was to take this 1852 engraving of the famous slave proponent, John C. Calhoun, racist. A horrible man. Yeah. Okay, but anybody could look good in an engraving. Well. They're not engraving someone to look bad. They didn't bother doing a new engraving. They just put Lincoln's head on him. (laughs) (laughs) Why, 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 uh, Why do a whole engraving when you can just chop off a guy's head? And put Lincoln on it. The, the, yeah. So that you're right. This is this has a for. By the way, no one knew about this or noticed for a century. It was Great only story, recently but... this was revealed to be fake. Photojournalist Stephen Laurent was compiling photos of Lincoln for his book Lincoln, a picture story of his life, published in 1957. When he noticed in the print, the mole on Lincoln's face was on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently, this is how they do most. Uh, sorry, continue. No, I'll go ahead. I was saying this is how they do most uh, movie trailer posters or uh, like DVD box art back in the day. Is the actors often don't have time to stand for uh, an extra shoot um, to, to kind of do the poses, so they have some other like. B or C or D or F list actor come in, do the body part of it, and then they Photoshop the actual actor's face yep. on their body. I'll never know what to believe again. Were you a TV guide this when they one. put Oprah's head on Anne Margaret's body? I just put that in no. Discord. <laughs> I just put that in Discord because I remember this. This is like early 90s or late 80s or something like that. And that was this my is a, first a recollection of like, Photoshop. wait a minute. This is photoshopped wow. or something. That's terrible. And making Anne Margaret black <laughs> is just beyond. <laughs> oh, and that same Atlantic article has the uh, Lincoln uh, Calhoun oh, man. thing. So this is, uh, this is a good article in the Atlantic about photo manipulation. From uh, 2012, Megan Garber, Oprah's head and Margaret's body, a brief history of pre-Photoshop fakery. Good article. Oh, Good article. What else do they have? It was also Stalin, right? Stalin was famous for deleting people from... Oh, yeah, they would just snip out the people on each side until they were all gone. Yeah. Uh, What? (laughs) Here's an image of Ulysses S. Grant mounted on a proud steed before his troops in City Point, Virginia during the Civil War. Doesn't really look quite accurate. Turns out... Uh, it's a composite of three separate images. The head is from a portrait of Grant, 
The horse and body belong to Alexander McCook, the background from a print of Confederate prisoners. And then they, they put it all together, and there he is. And by the way, <laughs> you know how hard that was to do in a dark room? Yeah, that's that's work, but still. That's work. <laughs> it's a lot easier with Photoshop, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's, here's Mussolini, uh, who traded horse handler... For heroism. Oh, I see. They cut out the person holding cut the horse. The, of course. To make it look like Mussolini was stable on his steed. And yes, Benito, here is Stalin <laughs> <laughs> missing uh, Gorky or somebody. He would frequently airbrush people out of the photos. Wow, Stalin, he's just like us. <laughs> <laughs> you mean he can't he just couldn't remember the guy, that's faces all. either? <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a great article that predates this. Well, if show. you go back when, when I would go into the the morgue at places like the Examiner and get photos from the twenties and thirties, you know they were they were retouched like crazy, really They're painted. We oh, should God, explain yeah. that in this case, a morgue is not where you find dead bodies, but dead. Yeah, newspapers. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Yes, it was the library. <laughs> yeah, they I think most people photos. know that. <coughs> Can I can I point to a story I like, Leo? You yeah, because I'm pretty much out of democracy. steam. Yeah, <laughs> um, out of steam. I'm, I'm I'm done. Line fifty eight. Uh, Axios today surveyed more than two hundred uh, academic AI experts, and my favorite part of it is they can't stand AI CEOs. Why they is think that? that? They are because they think they are um, disingenuous. Disingenuous and dishonest and untrustworthy. And so what that says to me is all these bozos and their test creole. And by the way, we have a major, major guest. I just found out from Jason on AI Inside tomorrow. Emil Torres, who is the leading expert in test creole and long-termism and all the crazy faux philosophies of these guys. So the nuttiness that they come out with um, rubs off badly on the whole brand of AI. And nobody can stand them. I just want to thank you for working so hard on the SEO for that AI show, because I think <laughs> Test Creole Expert is just going to sell that show. That people it's are going to people are flocking. Flocking. Well, OK, I'll do it differently. Now you're going to find out exactly how crazy Elon Musk is. There you and go. Why he wants to there put you go. Get Elon Musk in, in the head. Heads, there you why go. he thinks he should have so many babies and why he thinks that we should be on Mars and why all these guys uh, yeah. are not just nuts, but they are more dangerous than their machines. How's that? By the That's way, right. here is Joe Tomorrow Esposito's Thanksgiving card. AI inside. Yeah, here's Joe Esposito's Thanksgiving card. <laughs> Apparently, he has put his head on a turkey. <laughs> That's really good. I, I'm assuming that that's Joe? you, Joe. That I is Joe. That's him. Is it Joe? Okay. That's him. Oh, I, well, I, that was not in my mind's eye because I have one. Oh. That was not Joe Esposito. <laughs> that is him. That is him. Oh, gosh. All right, give me another line, Mr. Tescreal. What about? Well, I think that is, by the way, the the most unfortunate choice of acronym ever. But there's so many crazy philosophies that stick in there. It's it's a real thing, and I completely agree with you. It's an appalling thing. It's just long termism is probably better than Tesquiel. I think. Yeah, but yes, but there are variants on the theme. Right. Well, here's the other one. uh, Two lines down is I didn't realize this. The Tesquiel nut jobs are also big. Not surprisingly, in the psychedelic pharma. 
Oh, that explains Okay, I could have told you that. Macrodosing. Shocking. Unbelievable. I think macrodosing, Leo. They've got to be, yeah. They're dosing. They're just dosing. Yeah, they're dosing. I'm learning they're right the now for the, the first time there's something called the Journal of Psychedelic Studies, which I yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to go to work for that. And by the way, I have to get a PhD look in at that. that cover. That is a colorful uh, cover right there. If the shoe <laughs> fits. Yeah. I took a lot of acid and I in uh not recently. <laughs> you don't recognize faces? Not Could this today. have something to do with it, maybe? Maybe, I don't know. But Wait, I'm yeah, just... did you get visuals at the time? Did you see things? Good question. Not when yeah. I closed your my mind's eyes. Eye? No, I didn't hallucinate. But I would wow. see, you know, you've done it, maybe. No, you're, you're probably too <laughs> yeah. young. But, you know, uh, you'd see, you, you do this with your hand, and you see, tra- you see like 100 hands trailing out. Never saw that, John? You stare at the ceiling, and it looks like it's a circuit... Uh, board and it's kind of vi- moving with like almost a line. But you close your eyes and you wouldn't see no like, all the colorful patterns. That's, that's, that's normally crazy. after doing heavy squats or deadlifts. It's probably the same, same exact <laughs> physiological. <That's> psychedelics. <laughs> squats. Dude. Just rigorous exercise. I, think I did too many squats. In silence. Oh. No music playing. Or, what did you oh. think of line My 50? abs are six different colors. Oh. <laughs> Threads is in a little bit of trouble. Line 50 or 52? Which oh, okay. One? Pick one. I was doing 52. Threads is in a little bit of trouble uh, because they don't own the trademark. In fact, worse than that, a software company called Threads say that, said that Meta came to them, tried to buy the domain, and when they said no, kicked them off Facebook. That's crazy. Yeah, because if you notice, Threads is not Threads.com. It's Threads.net, yep. which I've always thought is so funny. Mm. And I guess it's because they can't get... The dot com. Threads Software Limited, a UK-based software company, is threatening to sue. They've owned the Threads trademark since 2012. It makes good it, on you. Yeah, good on you. Go after them. I hate it when companies steal your name. Make money. Yeah. You know, there's another company that they mentioned there at the bottom, American Threads, um, that was getting confused when Threads was uh, oh, so this is a announced. different company that was kicked off. Well, they no, no, yeah, they weren't, they were not kicked off, but they did go ahead and change their handle on the platform. And I'm wondering if Meta came to them and say, hey, you know, yeah. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, can we have that? Here's a couple. They were at Threads, and uh, now they're at American Threads, right? Which probably is better, right? I don't know why you get so attached to the name Threads. Surely there's other names. That would have been just as good as threat. Probably the boss said he wants that name, and everybody said, yeah. "Okay, okay, we got to get it for him." Yeah, Apple does this all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, they didn't own iTunes, they didn't own iPhone, um, but you know, they when I was at Condé, we wanted uh, we wanted to start a new site, so we started Epicurious for Vogue for for Gourmet and Bon Appetit. So it was a new brand, and then for Vogue and Glamour, wanted to start a new brand. We wanted to start Style.com. We had to buy it from a porn site. Style. Yeah, huh. somebody, somehow in those early days, you know, the smart ones were the porn sites always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Forbes had an interesting story this week about how um, Elon Musk and X or Twitter, I guess, are now like trying to sell like single word handles for high uh, like amount of money for like tens of thousands of dollars. They're essentially taking them from people who've had the account if they've been inactive or or in some cases just um, haven't logged in a little bit, and they're trying to sell them off to the highest bidder. 
Yeah, I mean, well, he does need that money back. Those I'm glad I never had at Leo because uh, those were the handles that uh, hackers always went aggressively mm-hmm. uh, against to hack. Mm-hmm. They were they were real valuable as gamer tags. So I can I can understand. I mean, they're trying to sell everything but the kitchen sink yeah. over there. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, they did sell the kitchen sink, I believe. Yeah, you did. Oh, see that's that, right. Yeah, <laughs> let that sink in. That sink. You did see that they uh, they are now considering uh, creating a store for inactive Twitter handles, fifty thousand dollars for. Uh, so if you don't use oh, for, your, for your dead aunt's Twitter handle, yeah, yeah if nice, you don't use nice. your Twitter, uh, just like Hollywood, they could take it away and sell it to somebody. I think it's probably those three na- three letter names though that are the ones that they can think of getting some money for. Google's gone to the EU and the Digital Markets Act to try to force Apple to open up iMessage. No more green bubbles. Uh, as you know, Google's had a campaign for a long time saying, you know, Apple, don't be, you know, don't be a dog in the manger. Let us, mm-hmm. let us in. Uh, now they're actually going, uh, going uh, ballistic on this, going legal on it. Um, Google and a group of major European telcos sent a letter to the European Commission uh, saying that because Apple's iMessage is designated as a core platform service, under the Digital Markets Act, it should be interoperable with other messaging services. That's one of the requirements. I think they might actually have ground to stand on here. Uh, that would be a very interesting thing. So can you answer why RCS is so important? I don't think it's that RCS is important. I think it's just interoperability. that Google knows that one of the modes... Apple's actually in the uh, in the... Google versus DOJ case and another Apple uh, lawsuit cases. We've learned that Apple actually has done a lot to prevent the success of Android. One of them, I think, I can't remember, was it Eddie Q said, uh, you know, we can't put messages on uh, Android because then they won't buy parents would buy Android phones yeah. for their kids. And then just recently uh, we saw... Um, Oh my God! Apple being anti-competitive. <laughs> uh, a slide in the trial that said Android devices are, well, was it spyware or you know? Yeah. And then uh, I mean, it's all coming out that Apple has all along been really more afraid of Android than they've admitted. Uh, remember, Google was very afraid of Apple. Google had designed a, a, its first smartphone and then saw the iPhone for the first time mm-hmm. and stopped and said, "Whoa!" Yep. Let's redo this. They took, went back to the drawing board. So both companies are very sensitive to each other. And actually, in a way, that makes sense because they basically divide the smartphone market. Half of it's Android, half it's Apple in the U.S. Um, so I ask about the importance or just how, how much it means to have RCS versus SMS because recently there was, you know, Queen Pruitt sending out an SMS to the group and it was delayed. And she went into her settings and saw that there was an option that says, okay, use, quote, SMS instead. And the messages were just flying through. But she also has a Samsung device. And I later found out that there is something that's been going on with certain Samsung devices using. I think it's the the carrier. Yes. And And it's the the carrier's uh, gateway. So so that's why I was like, well, 
it, is this any better? Um, no, it, it's, it's terrible all around. What, what is what is the point yeah. and the importance of it, and why is Google so much behind it and trying to get Apple to be behind? I shouldn't. I'm not it. trying to defend yeah, Apple. I mean, I guess I have a question of like, I have a similar thing of whenever I'm, I have an iPhone, whenever I'm texting friends with Androids, like half the time pictures just won't go through. Oh, on either way, all. yeah, videos Little, are weird. Videos. It's I just can tell you why that a is. mess. I know why that is, yeah. and I, that uh, happens because my my daughter of. All of everybody in our family is an iPhone except for my daughter, <laughs> who says that's I will really never, rude. She, I will never use an Apple device. But she marches uh, to the beat of her like own her. drum. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I, when I try to send pictures to Abby, invariably she says I can't see it, and it's because Apple uses a format for its pictures, uh-huh. uh, the high efficiency image format uh, Heath, that the uh, Heath. that the Android phone doesn't understand. Yeah. And so what you have to do, and almost always I have to do is. Both with movies, because they also have an HEVC, the high efficiency mm-hmm. video yes, credit. That's awful. With right. movies and uh, pictures, I have to export those and put them in JPEGs uh, or MP3 or what, you know, a format that she can understand yeah. or M- MP4 and then send it to her as an attachment. She can usually get it. Then. But you could even sending pictures or, or pictures or videos over SMS just seems weird to me. Well, that doesn't work at all. You have to use MMS and you have to turn that on. It's not on by default on iPhones. Right. So what I've done is whenever I want to send something like that to the group chat or what have you, um, I just create a link through Google Folders or something. Well, you know what people end up doing? They use WhatsApp. That's how they solve it. It's true. And that's really what Apple's afraid of. Yeah. And it's also Apple's defense. Apple's defense is, well, your honor, uh, there's plenty of messaging apps. People can use whatever they want. Yeah, uh, and and it's true that WhatsApp doesn't interoperate with Telegram, which doesn't uh, interrupt. I mean, you know these these messaging apps are silos yeah. themselves, but almost everybody in the world uses WhatsApp, right? right. And if you want to if you want to communicate with the broadest number of people, you just use WhatsApp. True, which I hate doing because it's meta. But <clears throat> what can you do? That's what everybody uses worldwide. And, and there's a story today that that Zuckerberg, who said I'm going to I'm going to keep hands off Meta uh, WhatsApp, but basically is now finding business benefit in it. Oh, that's problematic. I don't know exactly how. Yeah, because they don't have ads yet. So that's interesting. That is very interesting, actually. Line 71. So uh, that's one thing you should look at, Paris, on your uh, iPhone is go into the messages settings and make sure. Oh, yeah, I've got MMS. MMS Uh, is enabled, yeah. Yeah. I think then it's just that I've got two different phone numbers on my phone because I've got the the signal number that you guys see here. Um, it's my work number and I've got my personal number. So I, I'm fiddling with those settings all the time. Yeah, and you could send <laughs> signal to signal. You could send a movie or a picture and there wouldn't be an issue, I think. Yeah, no problem. You yeah. could send signals. files. Yeah, yeah signal's it, fine. It converts it, yeah. But for some reason... Mr. Zuckerberg said, if you're envisioning what will be the private social platform of the future, starting from scratch, I think it would basically look like WhatsApp. It'll be Discord. We already know that. <laughs> Our club twit members. I mean, I, I don't know if you. I mean, look at what Joe's doing <laughs> in our Discord. I we think can all is, see it. Wait, no, you got to scroll down a little bit, Leo. There's some better there's ones. More, down there there's more. There's more. There's Joe as a. You tr- got to keep going. So to me, this and by the way, this is kind of like WhatsApp too, right? This is a a messaging platform. You can send pictures. Uh, <laughs> oh, here's one. There you hey, go. That's hey, the one. I did a lot of acid. 
Didn't seem to affect me. Yeah. He's got laser eyes. It's great. I loved, I mean, I, it's funny. I didn't really know anything about Discord until we uh, started using it for the club. Mm-hmm. And I've come to really like it. And, and they add features all the time to this thing. It's free to use, yep. which is amazing. I mean, it was it, it's, it's free for somebody to set up a Discord server or to join another Discord server. There are boosts you can buy that, that make mm-hmm. it more powerful, but you can totally use this for free. I, I It was a very smart move, for instance, for MidJourney, instead of having an app and creating, uh, you know, an app with, um, you know, uh, the MidJourney capabilities, they created a Discord channel. And there's another advantage to that, which is you can see what other people's prompts are. Yeah. It's a community of prompts. I do like that. You sort of learn what works, what yeah. doesn't work, and it's you know I you know if you'd go through, so I love Discord. Maybe this is a chance for me to mention that that is one of the benefits of joining Club Twit. Aunt Pruitt is of course our community manager, so he makes sure it's a lot of fun. I try uh, tomorrow in our Discord. Stacy Higginbotham's book club. Stacy will. She said, Woo-hoo. "I'm gonna. I can keep doing the book club. I can mm-hmm. keep doing that." Kaiju Preservation Society is the book. That great John Scalzi book. Uh, tomorrow, you and uh, Jeff Jarvis, you and uh, Jason will talk with Emil Torres about Tesgrial. And then, hey, 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 you make fun. It's the most important single topic in all of artificial intelligence. Forget all this other stuff. These boys are ruining the world. So okay. Got to talk about what makes <laughs> that them sounds good. That's tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific. That's tomorrow. Next week, Fireside Join Chat now. with our old host on MacBreak Weekly, Renee Ritchie, who is now creator liaison at YouTube, got big shot. So that should be a lot of fun. And then Jeff and I will join Doc Searles and Steve Gibson for our holiday show. And Rod Pyle. And Rod Pyle. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, that will be December 7th, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, club members will get to see that. It'll then be the holiday show, I think, Christmas Eve or Correct. something like that. Correct. So uh, that's one of the benefits. The other benefit you get if you join the club is ad-free versions of all of our shows. You also get special stuff that we don't put out anywhere else, not just those special events, but like Scott Wilkinson's Home Theater Geeks and, and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly, this is really for, I think... In fact, I want to kind of talk about this with y'all. I, I feel like the, the days of the free internet, it was a promise that we couldn't keep. Uh, eventually, somebody has to pay. And it's either advertising or it's a paywall. We, I love the idea that anybody who wants to listen to our shows can. And as far as I can, you know, as far as I'm able to, we'll continue to do that. But advertising is no longer covering the costs. So we either have to cut back or we have to get you, the listeners, to come and join our club seven dollars a month and it really supports what we're doing here uh i i think it's a fair price for all you get but i understand not everybody can pay and i do want to keep it free as long as possible but honestly advertising uh is just falling off the face one of our friends watched jason and me covering the uh open ai uh, and came on right afterwards and said this is why i joined the club and as i said back every member matters yeah 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 so I invite you to join at twit.tv slash club twit. $7 a month, $84 a year. There's family plans. Uh, there's corporate plans. If you can't, I understand it's you know no harm, no foul. But if you can, that would sure help us out. We uh, we really appreciate it. And if you can't, 
at least be sure to tell someone about our shows and say, hey, go download Spread the show. Word. This is yeah. one of my favorite shows. Tell it to all your friends and all your family and at least one enemy. <laughs> tell yeah, the we enemy about Tess We want a really good enemies Creel. network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Paris, what did you say? Tess Creel I was just network. saying, I think we want a really good network of enemies listening to this podcast. <laughs> I think Jessica Lesson was very brave 10 years ago when she started the information, and it's paywalled. It's 100% paywalled. It's a lot easier. And it's been 100% paywalled. I remember, uh, well, at the time, I think a lot of news outlets, like Business Insider, I think, wrote all these snarky blogs. Yeah. From, like, who's going to ever read a paywall publication? A yeah. No one's, this media company's never going to survive subscriptions. Have they ever heard of advertising? Later. You know, <laughs> 10 years later, uh, Insider is trying to do the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh-huh. and the thing is, it's hard when you've been giving something away to suddenly charge for it. Mm-hmm. So Jessica yeah. was smart. She never gave it away. It was always, it was never free. And so there isn't that resistance to paying. You know, we're kind of facing that. We've been giving it away for, for 15 years and now we want you to pay. It's kind of hard to put up a paywall. I don't, I don't really want to do a paywall. But, um, you know, that's what I mean when I say I think the days of the free internet are numbered. Yeah. It just didn't, it well, was, it was. There'll always be a free internet. It'll be filled with crap because that's where the disinformation will be. And, crap, and if we can find the and mix, or we can crap have guardians ads. and twits that can find ways to have some support all, that's the secret to the best internet we can have. Right. And so when you join a club like Twit or when you when you give money to a guardian or you give to public radio, you are supporting something so that all may have it and the, the internet as a whole is going to be better. It's, it, it, it's our fault. I mean, uh, in the early days of the internet... There was this feeling, remember, apps were free. Everything was free. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, and we'll make it up in volume. There was, ne- there was never a long-term plan for this, but we definitely created the impression that it didn't cost anything to do a website, mm-hmm. that it didn't cost anything to do a podcast. And so we could give those away for free. But in fact, it does cost money. It can actually be quite expensive. Very, yeah. And... um that just the economics of it just failed and and people really don't like advertising. I mean there's a universal bias against advertising. Ad blockers, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to guess a few people who listen to our shows skip the ads, right? Uh sure. Please. Uh, How dare you? How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't blame you for doing that, but I but I you know, uh, people don't want to hear ads. But something's got to give. You can't and this is not a big pl- pl- you know, plea break pledge break for uh, Club Twitter at this point. This is really kind of, I'm thinking about this is, this is really what, the how does the internet continue? Uh, you know, to, and I know, and it, you know, people say to me, well, I've got subscription fatigue. I understand that too. Yeah, I subscribe to a surprisingly large, I mean, not just the information, but Ben Thompson's Stratechery and Bloomberg and PBS, Oof, you mentioned PBS. That's a bunch of podcasts, yeah. that's Patreons. I, I do Patreons. You know? But you yeah. find value in those. adds up after a while. You find value in those. That's why you have subscribed to them. And when you don't yeah. find and value in important. them, you, you won't. Mm-hmm. It's like the sort of thing where it's like, I want these things to stick around. So I right. pay for them. Like I, well, I subscribe to a uh, a local weatherman on Patreon. Do you really? really? Wow. New York Metro Weather. The best hyperlocal weather in the New York metro area would highly recommend. That's, you don't have to subscribe to him. He's just know. on that's, other things. I don't know if that's but. topping what you mentioned last week because, yes, I was listening to the show 
last week. Um, was it the game? What was that game you were talking oh, about? Oh, the uh, the um, uh, network dropout. Um, yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Like the yeah, that's fantastic. I had I mean. no idea about that, and, and they're and they're huge now. They are huge. They're expanding. They have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. They've been able to uh, basically build a a media because it used empire. to be college I mean, humor. Is that what it was? It yeah. used to be college humor. It used to be college humor, and then uh, essentially IAC fired everybody right before the pandemic. We're going to totally shut the site down. Then they sold it. Um, just kind of a name and rights to one of the executives, this guy, Sam Reich, and he's been building it back up ever since. Yeah. Um, and now cool. they have a small staff and you're making the, it work just through a that, full subscription model. Is that the future of media is like hyper, you said hyper local weather, but in a way this is hyper niche mm-hmm. programming where yes. people are human very devoted. They're small. It's human scale. There's maybe only a few thousand people paying 10 bucks a month, but that's enough to support it, to sustain it. Is that the future? Yeah, and before the mechanization and industrialization of print, as I say in the Gutenberg parenthesis, which you can buy at a discount for GutenbergParenthesis.com, <laughs> um, the average circulation of a daily newspaper in the United States was 4,000. Take 4,000, imagine getting 10 bucks a month, and you have almost a half million dollars. That's big enough. That's quite big enough to do a lot of things. Is it big enough to be the insider? No. But can you be somebody serving an audience? Yeah. And, do we need and my students um, come out with me. Do we need uh, big publications like The Insider or New York Times or the information? I'm, I'm thinking no. I'm thinking no. That we could have a little mom and pop, just a lot of mom and pop shops. Who is the, the nature who's your hyper local weather guy? What's his name? How can I subscribe to him? NY Metro Weather. Um, I think he's <laughs> NY Metro WX on instagram and twitter he does the thing i like about it is every day he'll post a vibe check and tell you between zero and ten what the vibes are going to be for that day so today wednesday's like wednesday's weather rating was a five out of ten that was pretty accurate it wasn't great you know yesterday it was pr- really lovely it was that's, a seven out of ten day that's a millennial you know? weather report the vibe man is eight it's wow. Yeah. The weather, you know, rating. and there'll be some days where it's a 10 and he's like, you got to go outside. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Here's why. November um, 1st. Was I also four. really like it. The reason why I subscribe to the Patreon is he'll do these um, in-depth, you know, when we have a storm or something coming in, he'll do just like a little five minute video at the beginning of the day being like, here's what we're seeing. Here's what the things mean. Here's what all the weather people are talking about. It kind of explains the science behind weather predictions and what you should actually expect in different areas. Um, Really great. I love weather geeks. I know some. Yeah. I know uh, Brian Stelter loves storms. Brian Stelter, the ex, wow. ex-media critic at CNN. And he, he just he just loves this stuff. Oh, wait a minute. He's pretty cute, too, isn't he, Paris? Okay, so that's the thing. <laughs> this, is not, this is not related to this. But one sure. thing I think is very funny is that there, I've been following this guy for years. And there came a time about you a year say. or two ago where he realized that people could be thirsty for him online. So he would start to post like a photo of him in front of the weather thing, like a selfie. And it was like a weatherman of thirst trap. And I was like, this is so funny. Oh, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's what you said. This is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, That's I mean, exactly what I said. So you couldn't do this in in Sioux City because there wouldn't be enough people. But you, in New York, you can. Pretty There's cool. enough people. You probably could do it in Tokyo and Mexico City. That's pretty cool. Any big metro, if you're cute enough. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's true. It certainly helps. 
uh, hey, you know what? It's a bad time. That's all I can say. He, he's actually, he doesn't post his picture all over the place. So it's okay. No, it's yeah. very rare. Yeah. He's pretty good. In fact, he has four. He plays hard four to casters. get. He's not, this is a big operation. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, there's the, a, really, is that the flat really iron like building? Their... Did you see that? Uh, no. No, that's <laughs> no. not. It's a fake a lot flat taller, iron. Leo. Yeah. You see that the flat iron building is uh, going to be turning to condos. Going condos. Yeah. I've noticed because my office is right around the corner from it. So I'm always over there looking. Um, it's kind of sad. I mean, I guess that's, it's kind of sad, but there's not anybody in there right now. No, it's I mean, empty. I, guess it's, I think it should be better that it's housing yeah. than, uh, Yeah, you know, we need housing office. in New York. Very this famous. Very expensive housing. But. Very famous building because it was built in a little triangle of land. So it's just a triangular uh, building. We actually have one like this in San Francisco where, where Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Zoetrope uh, offices are. Um, but I guess office space is not great. Macmillan Publishers was in it, but then the pandemic hit. Nobody's been there since then. And so on the uh, ground floor at the like very end of the triangle kind of where the points go to the part that you see the photo of the ground floor is kind of um, it's all glass. And for a while, Cheddar News was in there and they'd be doing live broadcasts like but just with glass all behind it. So you could kind of go behind and like cause mischief behind the newscast, which was very fun. That was my dream. That's what we wanted to do with Twit. (laughs) Uh, we had a storefront. We had big glass windows. I really wanted to do yeah. that. I wanted to be like like Cheddar News. Man, if I had the money, I would buy that building, and that would be the Twit building. I tell you. Well, I'll give you something you might be able to afford, Leo, if you go to the Discord. Yeah. The smallest piece of property in New York. Oh, <laughs> yes. This is quite famous. The Hess Triangle. The famous. famous yeah. Story, yes. It's in front of a newsstand. Uh, <laughs> property of the Hess Estate, which has never been, ded- which has never been dedicated to... For public purposes. Wow. What does that mean? Never been done. I don't know. It just means stay off. Don't use it. It's in right in front of a hot dog place. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you, there's a place you can get fries like two feet away from yes, this. There is. <laughs> I love New York and I love the history of New York. I have to say, what a great place. New York's smallest piece of private property. Hess wow, Triangle. The Hess Triangle. Um, all right. It's a private, it's private land as a matter of principle. Yeah. People are so strange. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. I got property in New York City. Where? Right there. (laughs) Got a triangle. (laughs) Got a triangle in front of a hot dog stand. What of it? Two by two by two. (laughs) We haven't done Paris's great uh, NFT story yet. Oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Shall we watch some nerds dance? The Board Ape Yacht Club, as you may remember, Yoga Labs was a big, I guess still is, a big NFT operation, cartoon pictures of apes that uh, people would buy as an NFT, and then hopefully somebody would come along and spend, give them more, even more money for the ownership. They had an event, the Ape Fest, in Hong Kong, November 3rd through 5th, with a concert Apparently, uh, they were using UV lights on the stage. Now, UV is, is, yeah, that's sunlight. And it was burning people's eyes. These are the people dancing. 
You know what's burning my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> it, the video is just a sea of men doing the weakest dance moves you've ever seen. <laughs> there, it, there are literally no women in this whole thing. These are you have to be a board ape yacht club owner to attend the loser ape fest. <laughs> and uh, have never attended a party before. That's not right. <laughs> is this the kind of party you go to, Benita? No, I'm saying these people must have ne- never. Oh, this is their first party. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. their first party. They don't get out much. Nobody invites me anywhere. I finally got invited. I, I hate to make fun, but it, it's you schmucks. You're buying this. <laughs> this I'm sorry. Well, it's actually quite serious because they they got their eyes burned. <clears throat> Some of them woke up and couldn't see. Some of them had bad oh, sunburns. Uh, you know, I don't know if I, you can blame Yuga Labs for this. Somebody they probably hired a promoter to put on the event, and the promoter was so stupid they put up. You gonna find out the sun sun lamps Idiot. on the stage. Idiots. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, it happens. Yeah, happened it was before lighting in Hong used Kong, for so. the disinfection of equipment, so it was a very strong oh, ultraviolet light. Oh my gosh! The one, it's the UVC, the ones they put in those little boxes, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, you're not supposed to look yeah. at that when yeah. you get your. You put your. We have one at home. You put your cell phone in, you close it, and then yeah. it comes on. Oh, Mr. Jammer B it. has one. You have a UVC You're not supposed one? to no, dance under it for own. hours? Oh, you yeah, John and I fell mask. for this. This was a Kickstarter John and I fell for. A $100 <laughs> COVID mask. <laughs> that, oh. This has UVC in it? So it has a fa- It weighs about three pounds, by the way. Yeah, it, it, perfect it has, for your face. Yeah, perfect to wear. Did <laughs> you ever wear it anywhere? No. Is this mine or yours? Yeah, that's a good, so you might want to ask that before you put it on there. <laughs> Can oh you even gosh. talk through it? But he's safe It has a fan and it blows the air it takes and it has this like this tube system inside and it goes past UV light for a sufficient amount of time to fully disinfect. So this is a not an N95, this is an N100. I, rem- I remember you getting that. And bumping the mic every time you try talking. <laughs> oh, now I'm stuck. <laughs> it off. Um, yeah, you charge it up though, right? Yeah, I should maybe. Jo- yeah, well, I like that hairdo, Leo. It's USB- That's good. It's a good look. It's USB C. Look. What are you? What are you mocking Imagine me? being Ronnie like, McDowell. "Oh, sorry, my mask is out Mary of battery." <laughs> oh, no, leave, no, 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 no! You should leave it that way. No, no like, do, lean into the bangs. No, go into go. Yeah, Ooh. oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You could do the New York weather. <laughs> what does that look? You went cross-eyed for a second. Um, what is this red thing I'm putting in your in your head, Leo? Can you figure it out? <laughs> I, I, Close your eyes. I, what is this? I took too much acid. I don't know. Um, oh, look, a party. <laughs> it's about bored apes. I think uh, I'll go. Uh, like fun. I love apes. <laughs> apes oh. are good. Is there any more video of this? I now want more video. <laughs> um, Paris, you found this. Surely you can find some more. I don't like to make yeah. fun of people dancing. At least I don't either. These guys are bad. dancing. What about the guys behind them are just standing there looking at the other guys well, dancing? Yeah, well, that would, would be you me. Know? You're not a dancer. I'm not a dancer, so I'm I, just going to watch. I you. dance like nobody's looking. That's my. Uh, that's my. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, <laughs> I podcast like no one's listening, and I danced like nobody's looking. 
What is wrong with this hair? <laughs> See, this is a great thing. We're all willing to make fools of ourselves for the good of the show. Some is of that you. why I'm doing it? Some of us. Oh, yeah. It's the good of the show, huh? Uh, what else? Give me some stories. Take the attention uh, off of my what hair. What did I have? Oh, you went through my two. Uh, two? Yeah, I had Jeff put in like 50. No, I had well, two in there. This is more there. than they usually put in. I was very happy yeah. to see Andrew Harris on, joining yeah. in. What are your thoughts on line 72? Wait, I put something else in here. Yeah. Hold on, yeah. sorry. Uh, 72 as well as like Mr. Salt Hank. What is his? What TikTok is, is shutting down its $2 billion creative fund of which oh, yeah. Salt okay. Hank got nothing. Uh, yeah. Never. He has two and a half million followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked him, I said, you know, they've got a creators fund. You, you see any of that money? He said, no. I don't know how it works out. That seemed to be the sentiment of, of um, a lot of the creators, according to this story. Yeah, this fund was out there, but the people that if they got anything, it was next to nothing. Yeah. And it sounds very familiar to what was once said about Instagram and Reels. The people that were putting up Reels constantly, pretty much at the same time that they were doing TikTok videos, they were seeing next to nothing far as uh, uh revenue share so it's they ended up going con. to YouTube YouTube all shorts because YouTube this, pays a little more but either way it's still not a ton of money I, you know I, I have real misgivings about it it's kind of like uh, Maggie's farm right I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more I don't know what that is sir um, <laughs> did you did you just age me out Maggie? of the conversation what was <laughs> this, this Maggie and why, why, why does she own a farm does she, she have farm hands <laughs> Mr. Jeremy is losing his mind as an off exercise for the audience. We get into Arlo Guthrie, though. Speaking of farms, though, yeah, your work, is, your work. What happened to Alice's restaurant? Nothing. Yeah, let's 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 talk about that. Yeah, no. Is that in the rundown as well? What? No. You can get, you can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant. I know. And Bob Dylan said, <laughs> "I ain't gonna work it, on Maggie's farm like I'm, no more." Am I oh, having boy. a stroke? I swear, this is the most ADD. Ever. <laughs> just, a, just a couple of hits from my acid playlist, okay? Don't mind me. Um, um, oh, it's just, I feel like it's, it's by now everybody should understand when you're creating content for the man, okay? The man is not going to pay you unless he has to, okay? And the man apparently doesn't have to pay you. Right, if it's their platform, I guess it does. It can backfire. Remember Vine? In fact, Taylor uh, Lawrence has a great chapter on the Vine saga, which I mm-hmm. had—I wasn't even really that aware of. I knew it shut down shortly after, you know, Twitter uh, took over Vine, which was those four-second things. People were becoming huge Vine celebrities. Mm-hmm. Remember TikTok that? Before TikTok, Make a huge, huge yeah. shots they were yeah. getting for them, and yeah. and they went to Twitter and they said, "Dudes, we're making you all this money." And Twitter did not acknowledge them. They did not compensate them. And eventually, all these guys eventually left for TikTok and other waters. Mm-hmm. But this, uh, are you surprised? The same thing's happening at TikTok now, or it's going to happen? It's going to keep happening because this somebody figured it out. Oh, the best thing to do is get these suckers to create great content for us and in great quantity. This was the brilliant. Mm-hmm. This was the difference between we've talked about this before. Quibi and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Quibi was Hollywood's idea. It was done on the Hollywood model. You buy, right. you hire the best talent. They make great content, and then you charge people to see that content. Yeah, and it failed in months. 
versus Silicon Valley's idea was you make it easy for people to upload. You get everybody to upload. We don't care if it's good content or not because the good content will rise. Yep. We algorithmically prom promote it so that people see it. Now you've got something people actually watch. You can monetize with advertising and give as little as possible back to the creator. Yep. Just oh, to here's one more thing you do. You make sure you take a handful of creators and make them rich. Because it's just like it's just like Las Vegas. Just enough of a carrot to you say, put hey, a, you yeah. put a billboard up right in front of Las Vegas, saying he just won a million. You can win. You can on win on the slots. I got a chance. But most people lose their shirts, right? Yeah. That's yeah. how you build Las Vegas. It's the same thing. You promote, and YouTube does this relentlessly. You promote Mr. Beast and PewDiePie and all the people who make millions, and you say, look how much they're making. Yeah. Give and you give a whole generation of people. The notion that they can make a living as influencers. Well, speaking of that, what are your thoughts on line 74 from Taylor Lorenz with camps teaching kids to be Yeah, that's YouTubers? perfect. Perfect example. It, it is. And, and, and it's the same. She's doing just such great work uh, following the book about the business of all this. And, and it's sweet, right? Kids can make YouTube and they can do stuff. But here's the thing. It's not just about, well, YouTube's going to rob them blind. The kids all say, I'm doing this because I want to be rich. Seven-year-olds yeah. mm -hmm. saying, I'm doing this because I want a lot of money. Yeah. That's our society. That's what we've oh done Oh, boy. Them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the real truth is there, TikTok ain't going to give you any money and YouTube isn't going to give you any money. There's not. Mm -hmm. it, unfortunately, we did the same thing to kids in, in the inner cities when we said you can become an pro. NBA star. Yeah, you can go pro yeah. and ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know what? The NBA got some great players out of that. They did. Because if you have a million kids all playing basketball as many hours as they can, yeah. a few are going to rise up. They're going to make millions. The 1%. Not even Less the 1%. One. Yeah, yeah. It's not and even, then you yeah. get to you know reap the rewards from having people do hundreds and hundreds of hours of unpaid labor to practice for it. Mm -hmm. And yep. then, you know, dance yep. for you at training in the hopes that they'll hit it big. I or, ain't you know, going to work on Maggie's farm no more. Never heard of it, sir. <laughs> Maggie it's doesn't Bob pay. Dylan, Maggie needs to pay her employees oh, 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 above oh, oh, minimum oh, I'm wage. I'm sorry, Mr. Jarvis. You said Bob Dylan? <laughs> yeah, let me make sure I pull him up on my Spotify again. Well, wait a minute. Rage Against really? the Machine also did a copy. <laughs> Bob Dylan? You can listen to the Beastie Boys version of it. Oh, yeah. Beastie yeah. Boys? Yeah. yeah. Let me pull them up, too. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't listen to the Beastie, Beastie Boys. Boys said, washing windows on the Bowery at a quarter to four because he ain't going to work on Maggie's farm no more. Sure. <laughs> Didn't listen to either. Bob of these Dylan dudes. is older than Joe Biden. Is he really? Oh, my. No one's yeah. older than Joe wow. Biden. <laughs> I didn't think so, but apparently Bob Dylan is the one. We're two found, years. He's got two years on Biden. Is that the new metric? <laughs> we well, is he older than guy. Joe Biden? How old is he? He's older than Joe Biden. <laughs> you know, Donald Trump's only four years younger than Joe Biden. It's Three. not like he's a kid. Uh, but he's, but they, he's got this vision, this... He was smart. He, he created an image of vigor. Yeah. You get everybody to make posters of you as a Superman and stuff. Yeah. And people forget that you're just as decrepit as anybody else. Yep. <laughs> I ain't going to work got on bone Maggie's spurs. farm. He no can't more. walk. He can't walk. Long distances. <laughs> well, I wake up in the morning, fold my hands and pray for rain. I got a head full of ideas that are driving me insane. It's a shame the way she makes me scrub the floor. I ain't going to work on Maggie's farm. No more. It's a lesson for everybody that Maggie's, a, Maggie's, Maggie's the brother one who no makes more. money. 
Okay. No, I ain't going to work lesson for Maggie's for everybody. brother no more. Yep. Maggie is a bad boss. Okay. <laughs> well, he Maggie is, is in violation of U.S. labor law. I was about to say, it's, it's, where's OSHA and Maggie? Buddy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he asks you with a grin if you're having a good time. Then he finds you every time you slam the door. I ain't going to work for Maggie's See? brother no, no more. more. See? It's like the wow. Tennessee Ernie Ford song. I owe my uh, soul to the company, <laughs> the company store. <laughs> Maggie's paw. I never saw this one, Leo. Oh, it's the whole family. Maggie, this is Maggie's paw now. It's baby, really baby puts shark. Cigar out. It was baby shark for the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> he this puts is- his cigar out in your face just for kicks. His bedroom window is made out of bricks. The National Guard stands around his door. I ain't going to work for Maggie's paw no more. Jesus, what a weird. Man. There should have been employment lawyers should have been salivating at the mouth, like frothing at the mouth to go after Maggie's family. As a child of the 60s, tripping balls, those (laughs) lyrics spoke to me. Made so much sense then. They spoke to me. You're like, wow, it really makes you think. Why do you think I created a podcast network? Because I wanted to be Maggie. You wanted to be Maggie. You wanted to be the man. (laughs) I wanted to be the man. I respect that. I'm trying to imagine a version of this song about you and your son, the TikToker. Uh (laughs) Yeah, Henry, you know, Henry did work here for a while. He worked in sales for a couple of years here. Hated it. Hated it. I didn't know this, but later he said, oh, you had to go home and cry every day. Oh, no. Seriously? I didn't know that. Well, but the oh, lesson learned so... was I don't want to work on Maggie's farm no more. <laughs> the, lesson, the lesson learned was I don't want to do sales. Sales is hard. Sales is hard. Work. Sales is hard. Sales is really And if you were going to inherit this business, you're going to inherit the business. Well, I think that that, that was business. the reason he wanted to work here is he really did want to fo- kind of follow in my footsteps and inherit the business and take it over. And I said, that's fine. You can. It's good that you learn the business from the ground up. And here's the hardest part of the business is making yeah. money. Yeah. And uh, and he learned. But he also learned, you know, how to be an influencer. And he's done very well. He's done well. Yeah. yeah. So Did he ever do podcasting? He has a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think his biggest efforts were as, you know, cooking on TikTok and then Instagram and now mm-hmm. YouTube. He does a lot of YouTube shorts. Shorts. And, and really, you don't make money on any of that stuff. It's all to promote something else exactly so in yeah. his case leverage it's another salt. deal yeah know? he's gonna do a salt lovers club he's gonna sell salt he's got merchandise he's got uh a cookbook coming out next year and all all of that stuff that's what you that's that's how you turn that into money mm-hmm. because it's just fame it's not money and, and getting that's, back that's to the that part story. that all the influencers miss that's the part that all absolutely miss, yeah. who whom you know how you know the biggest money makers on youtube aren't making money f- i mean some of them are i guess mr beast makes his money from youtube but most of them are selling makeup, right? Or selling a product of some kind or doing their own internal advertising. Marquez yeah. gets a lot of money. Marquez Brownlee it, ads on his network are hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're very, very expensive. I'm guessing yeah. his CPMs are pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they are because he, you know, and I have my misgivings about YouTube numbers. I think they're highly inflated, but he has millions of views on every. Uh, and he sticks very close to the gadgets. Yeah. Which it makes me cry dynamic. because uh we briefly podcasting was the next big thing and now it's like all over. <laughs> no. It didn't last. I'm gonna hang in there. We're though. still here. I'm gonna hang in there until still swinging, damn until it. Until they pull the plug on the 
Until I get my next book out so I can promote it here. Yes. Just for That's Jeff. That's all I want. All right, yeah. let's take a little break and then, uh, wait, we haven't done the change log, have we? No, we no let's sir. do a quick change log. Here we go. The Google change log. So sure. YouTube is introducing AI as a comments summarizer and conversational tool. That's, screw you. No, screw you. Yeah, no, that's you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Yeah, One of the biggest problems is. on YouTube is comments, isn't it? Right? That's yeah. going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as part of the tay. premium package available to paid subscribers, YouTube users will be able to try out a new conversational tool that uses AI to answer questions about the content and make recommendations, as well as try, try a new feature that summarizes topics in the comments of a video. Um, I don't think this, I want that. To get this, you have to go to youtube.com slash new. Uh, you have to be a premium subscriber, which I am. Uh, and then you can try these various experimental features. Comments, who cares, right? That's a big problem. Who wants comments to be su- summarized? I turn it That's on. I don't actually know. I suppose I should go to a video and see. I, I turned it on a long time ago. Uh, I could see, though, some real value. For instance, one of the things I hate about YouTube, and it's the algorithm promotes this, is I'm going, I search, how do I reset my iPhone? Oh, there's a YouTube video to do it. Oh. 15 no. freaking minutes for yeah, somebody yeah. saying, hit the button, do the thing. Oh, and I think, oh, this is going to be, it's really good. Wait, kid, you won't believe. And then, you know, the little juicy nugget you need is like three quarters of the way in. Mm-hmm. Good luck finding it. Well, if an AI could summarize that in a little text field at the bottom, count me TLDR. in. Okay, I will say, yeah, as a person who famously doesn't watch YouTube videos, if I ever get in that situation and I try every other option before I even go to the YouTube video, I then just look at the transcript, which is on the side, and mm-hmm. scroll through it mm-hmm. with the video off. So, yeah, if they could summarize that. Let me see. Yeah. This is uh, Salt Hank's living my best life. recent YouTube video. This is his Western bacon cheeseburger that he's building. <laughs> That's my boy. Get him, Hank. Get him. Let me see. if uh, Are there summaries? Um, these are all very nice, but I don't... Where's the... By the way, he gets constant proposals of marriage. Shocking. In here. A man that can yeah, cook. Yeah, yeah. A good-looking man that can cook. <laughs> um, wow. I, you know, we've never gotten so many good comments on our stuff. <laughs> Holy cow. We got to talk about food more. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, but I don't see any comment. I don't see a button for summaries or anything. I don't know. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Similar to Miss Paris, when I'm looking at videos like that, I look at the progress bar and there's usually a little spike of what's been replayed the most nine times out of 10. If it's something I'm looking for, that's probably the spot that I jump to. And it usually does answer the question. Ah, that's good. But that's new, too. They've added those chapter markers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, OK, I'll tell you a little secret here. He's in his mom's kitchen using his mom's Cuisinart. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. You're taking away the magic here, Leo. <laughs> but look at that color grading. I don't know what he's making here. Are those, are those yeah, onions? Pink. Oh, there's a little salt. A little, some of the, oh, no, wait a minute. What is that? Oh, I don't know. You're going to have to watch it, folks, to know what he's up to. He's a, he's a clever fella. Oh, he's making his own barbecue sauce, I think. Because there's some Worcestershire. What's this here sauce? Oh, he's doing it on an induction burner, too. Look at that. He's fancy. Very well, fancy. Oh, you know what? It, probably it's a sponsor's uh, product. 
everything in here is a sponsor's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um Huh. All right. Well, cheeseburger not... or something. What was that? What it's was the I best. Oh, I see West, it it's the best Western bacon cheeseburger ever. What is he doing? Oh, so that was all the. He made a. What? He made a. Um, these are the, the onion rings. That? That's what he's making. His onion rings. Those onion rings. Those are onion rings. Okay. Not whole onions. Chopped up onion rings. Minced onion rings. Oh, that's yes. weird. Okay. That's weird. Well, go all. Everybody, go watch that. So that's one of the new features, uh, which I didn't see. Uh, the converse, the conventional tools responsibly generated by large language models that draw on information from YouTube and the web to help viewers dive in deeper. They are adding a button. This is the, this is the silliest button ever that says, I don't care. Just play something next. No. Just play. Just It's well, like I mean, a big. Okay. I take that back. That was easy. It, button. It's, not every, it's not for everybody, but somebody would want that. It's like a. Right here. Here's who wants you that. Will. You know? They want that. They said, just give me a button. <laughs> I don't want that, but some people do. I mean, Spotify is doing that um, with its little AI DJ, essentially. Yeah. You, know, you just hit the That's button right. and, it, and it picks something. If it does it, if it did it well, it would be great, wouldn't it? I, I dig it for the most part. Every now and then I have to tell it, no, you got this wrong. But most of the time it, it does a pretty good job for me on discovery or going back and pulling up stuff that it calls my classics because I'm in a vibe or whatever the hell. It says some crap I don't understand. Oh, here's a new feature in Waze I love. You know, Waze has always warned you about it. There's a speed camera, a speed trap ahead, or an yeah. accident ahead. Now it'll say ahead is a, a road that people tend to have accidents on. Ooh. It will warn you when you're driving on a road with a history of crashes. Who gave it that there's data? Tes- there's Teslas running over children ahead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It won't there's a GM cruise ahead. History of crashes. Yeah, exactly. That's wild. History of crashes next one mile. They're not going to do it on roads you drive every day because you, presumably you will freak you out. <laughs> yeah, right. Too many. One but, would assume that that would be exactly where you'd want that. Though. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, this is based on reports from the Waze community, including historical crash data. That's wild. Google no. Chrome is going to get a quick way to see how much memory each tab is using. Chrome is a notorious pig, as everybody knows, uh, in memory and CPUs. Uh, is that still the case? I don't use Chrome. That's, I, that's, I think they're always working to get it better. But this yeah, is going to let you know how much yeah, memory. Yeah, let me see uh, the Discord tab I've got open right now for Club Twit is using 63 uh, megabytes. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, Isn't that interesting? Whoa. Insider 104. Oh, so you have this feature uh, already. You have this? Yeah. I've had this for like a, a week or two, maybe more. It's been on my Google Chrome. Nice. I noticed because I this is something very useful for me as someone who got when I got my new MacBook last year, I got as much like RAM as possible Good. because I have so Smart. many Google Chrome tabs open at yep. all times. And if you've been waiting for Google's new search generative experience, uh, it is now available in 120 new countries and territories. It's a basically AI-generated search results, yes? Um, so uh, it's currently in the U.S., India, and Japan. It's adding countries and territories in Latin and South America, Sub-Saharan Africa, and Asia and Pacific. Go to uh, the Google Labs to sign up for it. It's another It's another one of those experiments. Has anybody used SGE? I've, I don't think I ever got invited. I keep getting pitched that. Every time I search on Google now, they pitch it to me. I really? Just, I keep saying, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the f- the future of uh, search is, is somehow AI related. Here it is. Uh, in- no? 
A new no way. way. Because, uh, oh, oh, you have to do it on mobile. Oh, no, on the desktop or the Google app on your phone. Okay. No, I'll pass. Yeah, I'm using <clears throat> Firefox. Uh, in what way? Because what is a search but uh, asking for a bunch of links to something that answers a question, right? And if you could have the AI, instead of going to those links, say a summary of what in other words, it's basically Google saying, don't go to sites, just we'll answer the question. Which I think if I was the site, I'd be unhappy Yeah, about. I'd still want to go to the site I and read the expert's opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go to the site. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, but if you just want to know how old is the, the porch, top, though. you don't need to go to the site. Well, Google does that already, right? Yeah. They just right, show exactly. that. They put the cards on the side. Uh, he's an old man, but he's not as old as Biden. <laughs> I you am people a, are. I'm a well, two thirds of a Biden. Should we make a Biden be the new age the unit? New age unit. Oh God! <laughs> so you're a quarter of a Biden, Paris, and you're true, about man. a half a Biden. I'm about a half. Jeff and I are about seventy five percent of a Biden. <laughs> yeah. What's the, actually probably what's, no Leo. What's the notation? Math. Is it a B? The actual math. Is it a BD or a JB? What is? It? <laughs> it's a BID. A bid. You're an old biddy. You've heard that before. An That's where it comes bid, from. Yeah. That's where it comes <laughs> from. I'm thirty percent of a Biden. You're thirty percent of a Biden. There you go. <laughs> Jeff, do you want to do the math yeah. and tell us? No, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> he uh, said no. Yeah. B. I don't want to know. <laughs> go ahead. Best answer. Ever. I, I, no. I don't want to fall into this trap because. Yeah, he's old, but he's doing a good job, and people—he's well, doing a great people job. People don't like him because he's old. But I got bad news for you: the alternative isn't going to be much younger, and is not going to be any—is not going to be better. I don't know. Leo, you I, can't take away trouble. from us the greatest American pastime, which is hating on our presidents. Oh, this is something the whole true. country gets to do. That's it true. brings us together. Freedom, you know, baby, like we're freedom. With, with I Lincoln. hated every president. People were hating on him for his oh, yeah. uh, gangly, weird arm. They shot him. Are you kidding? <laughs> They did, yeah, they, they did. They, yeah. Him. They, they shot him. You know, <laughs> they did. They, do that. Uh, they didn't like his arms. They killed the man. Um, yeah, yeah, that but, they did. But yeah, no, I hate. You know what? I hated every president because that was my youthful uh, exuberance until Obama, mm -hmm. and then I loved the man. Mm -hmm. But well, I then think my left wing friends couldn't stand Obama. I, I, I thought I voted for Hillary Clinton versus Obama. I thought, oh, change, 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 change. What's the big deal? Right? <laughs> yeah. Then he came in. He was. I thought he was great. I was delighted with him, but my my leftist friends who had supported him were all disappointed because he didn't get this done and this done and this done and this done. Yeah, that's what I heard. This well, is the thing: is you got to keep your expectations low. And exactly. Your outlook on life yeah. is cynical. It's not like you're a dictator where you can go in and say we're going to fix everything. You gotta I get, just get it don't want to pay damn near seven dollars for a gallon of petrol. I, I, well, I don't know. If you, I think you can blame the Arabs for that. You know, that's that, that's that's all. Remember the? You remember in the heydays of the late two thousand zero zero one nine, where the Obama is the is your new bicycle dot com. Do you remember this website? <laughs> no. What is this? this no. Yeah. Uh, you click it and you get something new. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this. Barack Obama sent, Barack you, Obama flowers. sent you flowers. Barack Obama added you as a friend. Barack Obama rescued you from drowning. Barack Obama offered you his seat. Aw. Followed you on Twitter. Dedicated a song to you. Paid your speeding ticket. Sure. This did. was the this the whole website was this. Wow. 
<laughs> See, we need more websites like this. Just n- absolutely no. Also uh, known as is, is, is posting, Miss Harris. This is how the web was yeah. back okay. in the day. Good. This was it. Listen, I got a pick that is related to this. So. Oh, good. And, if, <laughs> and then, again, they the site was free. They didn't make any money, but oh. they published a book. Oh, my gosh. So, there you go. Yeah. With a haunting cartoon of Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Truly upsetting. Oh, it's Matt Honan. Oh, that's hysterical. That's so oh, funny. Oh, it's Matt Honan. Wow. Oh, what a hoax. Wow. He was stoned while making yeah. that site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, what is Matt up to now? He wasn't wired. I don't uh, know. I don't isn't know he, he's, uh, is he at MIT Tech Review? Oh, he might be. Think of a different matter. They got a lot of people. At uh, let me see. Uh, here's his uh, editor in chief yeah, of the, the tech review. Yeah, he's the editor in chief of the tech review. MIT Tech Review. They have turned that around. That was a very boring <laughs> place, and and actually, I I subscribed to it. I paid for it uh, because it's got they have great stuff in here. Great mm-hmm. stuff. Um, all right, let's take a little break for our uh, last uh, convertible of the uh, of the hour. And then uh, your first new bicycle. When we <laughs> did, I did that make sense? What I just said, I don't think no, it did. Not at all. Okay, just take another Bless tab. Take another tab of acid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Any more acid? Our show today brought to you by Mylio. I am, you know, this is what I was doing when you caught me looking over at my laptop. I was putting Mylio on my new computer. Mylio is the ultimate digital asset management tool for not just your photography, but your videos. In fact, for all your documents. But they call it Mylio Photos because that's the first thing you're going to do with it. Mylio is the solution to managing. I have, uh, I'm just looking, 200 Two, let me. Here's the count. And by the way, I just installed it, and already all the photos are on here. Two hundred seven thousand photos from Mylio Photos. I love this. Uh, now they're not on there in the original. They have uh, thumbnails. And if I want, I can make it be the originals. Here's the deal: you can now use Mylio Photos to back up photos from Instagram, from Facebook, from uh, Google Photos from uh, Apple's photos and put it all in one place, dedupe it, make it all available to you, and then it assigns automatically in the background AI smart tags so it's easy to find. You tell it, like, that's my wife, that's Paris, that's Aunt, and it will find all the pictures of those people in there. I have a whole big folder of Aunt. I t- take photos of you a lot, Aunt, I guess. whole big photo of Aunt yeah. photos. It's so cool. It does this automatically, and it doesn't do it on the cloud. And that's what's great about this. Mylio Photos lets you store and co- collaborate and 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 uh, share and and edit all your photos without having to store them in the cloud. With their new Spaces tool, you can easily determine what's visible and what's not, which means you can share collaborations at work or with the family. They can see the photos you want them to see and not all of your photos. You can create custom categories and right into a quick collection that's quick to share. Uh, other Mylio Photos users can then use it to collaborate on editing, managing, and sharing media. So... Remember, we used to do this with Google Photos. We did it in the cloud. You go to a wedding, everybody share. Now, with Mylio, you don't have to put it on Google's cloud. Mylio will synchronize them all automatically. And you can keep the spaces private with a password or a pin. It's completely secure. If you decide you want to back up into the cloud, Mylio supports that, whether it's 
uh, OneDrive or Google's Drive. It'll encrypt it before it goes up there so nobody can see it but you. And if you get the Mylio Photos Plus subscription, as I have, you can put Mylio on everything. So it's on all my devices, all my phones, all my computers. Just got a new computer. I put Mylio on there so they'll have all my photos on this computer, too. And because I made, I decided because I wanted to do this uh, as a way of backing up my photos, I got a lot of storage on here. So I have all of the originals on this laptop. Don't have the same amount of storage on my phone, so I only have thumbnails on my phone. I have a little bit more storage on the other laptop, so I have thumbnails and reduced you know, uh, you know, compressed versions of it. And then if you want to edit the original, you can download it from any other machine. Again, without using the cloud. All my devices collect, connect in one library with no cloud storage required. I think this is an amazing solution. The auto tagging, the searching, the sharing. And look what they've done. They've, they've actually put all my photos into a calendar so I can see each month of every year and see the photos from that day part. I just, I think my Leo Photos is fantastic. And I haven't even started to touch the the aspect that you can do it with documents, too. It has built-in OCR, so it'll also keep track of all your documents and auto-tag based on the text content in the documents. Here's the deal. I should have told you this up front. It's free. I think you probably now don't believe me, but you can use MyLeo today for free. Try all the features uh, what you're missing is the Mylio Photos Plus, which puts it on all your devices. Just download it. It's free. And see what's getting me so excited. MYLIO.com slash twit. Get Mylio Photos on your computer or your mobile device. Start with one device. Mylio.com slash twit. MYLIO.com slash twit. Download it for free, though, right now, so you can see what it can do. It's really, you know, I've tried them all. Adobe. Uh, Picasa back in the day, Google Photos, uh, Microsoft's photo solution. I've tried them all, and this is the one. This is absolutely the one. Mylio Photos at mylio.com slash twit. Thank you, Mylio. I think we can wrap this show up with our picks of the week. Let me start with you, Paris Martino. Yeah, let me get it open here. Hold on. Um, yeah, so I've got a couple, one pick of the week uh, I have here is this really cool site called giftcities.org, um, which Wait is a minute, you mean GeoCities? No, GiftCities. But it is like GeoCities. The Internet Archive essentially took all of the GeoCities. <gasps> oh. They have all of them saved. They have two terabytes oh. of All them. the they animated GIFs from GIF all of them? That has come from every GeoCity. And so you can search. So one thing I like to do is search the word skeleton on here. A bunch of different spooky skeletons come up. But then you click on them and it will take you to the GeoCity page that that no. gift originated from. What so I've had such fun Paris. going through all of this. Oh, so if you go on to Skeleton and uh, that little these. spooky guy who's like who's like this. Creep, creep, um, creep. Yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah. If you click on that gift, it takes you to a really fun GeoCity page. Welcome that is to a, the tomb. Uh, I am question mark, and we are about to go on an adventure into the mirror world. It was and it's amazing like a point what and people click did. adventure thing that it's actually an, works. Like you can click on that door and go on a it's little. It's amazing what adventure. people did. This person is now an accountant somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> this person now works for the IRS. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, this is a great 
find. Wait a minute. Let me do mail. Because yeah. remember, you couldn't have a website. Under construction. Having, under construction. Under construction. Oh, oh there's got to be a million of those. Let me do that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Benito has a little bit of web design experience. <laughs> Everybody had that. They had the opening, closing mailbox. They had the shovel. Uh, oh, now it's doing, e did email first. Now it's doing under construction. Oh, look at all of these. The guy with the jackhammer. I want to make a site with all of these now. No, you don't. Well, yeah. someone just made it. We're looking at it right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're looking at it. But like, I want to find. But some I love ones. it because you can click on it, and it'll take you to all the these site. cool different GeoCities sites. Oh, somebody at the Internet Archive had a great time writing this. Wait a minute, how does this visible underwear have anything to do with under construct? Oh, I guess under. <laughs> I should have put it in oh, quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the classic head banging on the computer. Uh, I don't understand the language, so I'm going to back out of that one. That's hysterical. And these are from ancient times, like 2004. This was when we, the, the, the internet was so cute. Uh, it, was it was adorable. so different. <laughs> On the construction. This page is copy protected. <laughs> Try right clicking your, right your mouse. Unauthorized <laughs> documents here are copy protected. You must get a license from the webmaster. Nice try, sir. The webmaster. The webmaster. Were you a webmaster? Uh, I was a webmaster, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this isn't Tagalog. This is Filipino. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. The webmaster is not liable for any plagiaristic contents, if ever, that could be found here. The author strongly stated that these articles are original and a product of his creativity. Well, you strongly stated I strongly state that. Man, we this was a different time. <laughs> yeah, kids, you didn't know. And back in the day, the internet huge. was so fun. So this is Speaking GIF. Speaking of back in the day. GIF, G-I-F, cities. Are you a GIFer or, or a GIF. GIFer? I'm Which a GIFer. You? You're a GIFer. Yes, I knew I'm I I'm a GIF you. cities uh, yes. gal. And that's the correct way to say it, as it is yes. my pick. So it shall be said. Yes. Um, <laughs> the other thing I have is also a little bit of uh, old internet stuff. I was at a... I don't know, a bookstore uh, up on the Metro North this weekend, and I found a bunch of old issues of Byte Magazine. Oh. Did any of you guys ever read this? Oh, read it. I wrote Does for that it. bring out I, our memories? I, I was <laughs> Listen, you know. I was I'll a part look, of the I'll rebirth. <laughs> That's right. You were. You were. Yeah, yeah. On a new page, rebirth. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. They were, they were as thick as Vogue. Oh, this was the They're best. They're incredible. I've got multiple of them. Do you? Um, I've Did been, you buy I got some two. when you were up I there? bought two. Oh, I wow. bought two. My friend bought two. I've oh. been going through them. Go show us the other cover with the so hardware. So nerdy. What, what was so nerdy? They had the best covers. Yeah. So the oh the, man, one of the first articles oh. I published was back in 1984 when the Mac came out. It's it was in more the fun than crayons. Mac Byte magazine. Nice uh, with the Macintosh on the front cover of it. God, that's right before it shut down. Then. 1984, did it last that? Or no, 1984, no, it no, was, no. Uh, it I thought you said 94. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought, I bought a reissue and didn't understand a single one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, is they're kind of inscrutable, but they're very pretty. Yeah, they and are. And the um, great Jerry Pornell wrote the Chaos Manor column in there. Mm -hmm. We loved Jerry. He was on uh, very frequently. This yep. was, uh, so these are, the PDF, these are PDF downloads. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was all wow. about making pretty things with your computer. Wow. Also, the ads. I love oh, ads buying old magazines to look at the advertisements. Yeah. It's incredible.
Yeah, what's funny is Paris, that's you might my, like era. my book called I bought Magazine. your book during the show <laughs> last week and it hasn't Did? arrived yet. Aren't you wonderful? You, you know, it's it's so fun to see the young people today really appreciating what we did as old timers, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did have some appreciation for us. You appreciate this is a very famous bike cover. That's pretty cool. Look at the look at the Timex watch wow. drawing a robot arm. That's pretty cool. Um, it's a take yeah. on an Escher drawing. Like yeah, it was, an, it was take off on an Escher drawing. That's right. Here's how you could be had, fully um, computerized. At the end of its run in uh, the 90s, Byte had a circulation of like fi- like half a million. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, this was a Who Carl Helmers. Stay there. Um, it was bought by McGraw-Hill and then sold to, I'm forgetting who, but then they shut it down. Private um, equity. Right. Private equity. Private probably, equity. Yeah. Yeah. Peterborough, New Hampshire. Um, what a, yeah, that Peterborough. Was a, yeah, that was a great magazine. Oh, Paris! You just—that's so cool that you that's, were that you were yeah. into that. Yeah, isn't it nice? Isn't it nice the kids today? The kids—they appreciate us and yeah. what we the did. The kids love legacy media. Oh, Except I, she thinks this is such ancient history. I love Byte. I know. No, Listen, is... I'm so happy that you guys wrote for Byte. This, yeah. <laughs> I was spending a lot of time reading about the history of it this week oh, and uh, looking back to read old articles. Jerry so. Pornell, who was uh, on our shows until he passed, uh, uh, was uh, wrote probably the most important column, I think, in Byte magazine, the Chaos Computer column, Chaos Corner mm-hmm. column. And... Uh, I, you know, he inspired a lot of what uh, we do here because he was so brilliant as a user, representative of the user. It was great. And then Gina Smith brought it back uh, after, was it after Equity Capital bought it or, because you wrote for it. It was a new page, right? Yeah, it was after that, I believe. That was in the... It was sold to CMP. CMP, that's right. Later launched a website. Yeah. And and you wrote for that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Aunt Pruitt. Actually, let me do Jeff first, and then we'll do uh, your pick. you got to get oh, the order okay. right. right. Jeff Jarvis. I'm actually going to do a, I didn't like myself. I'm going to do a news item we didn't get to. I think it's important. Cool. Is that um, YouTube is cracking down on ad blockers globally. We saw that story in the last couple oh, of years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the interesting part is that uh, privacy freaks in Europe, which uh, I talk about occasionally here, are now going after YouTube, arguing that ad blocking blockers are a viol- our surveillance and a violation of privacy. Oh my God, Europe! <laughs> don't ever change. Don't yeah. ever change. Uh, they've they're violate- called spyware. Oh please, no! I yeah, think they're going to exactly. lose this one. If they don't, that's terrible, because any yeah. website should be able to say you're it's using software on our website yeah. and uh, we don't like it. Uh, incidentally, the other side of that story is people are just modifying their ad blockers to get around it. It's gonna—it's mm-hmm. a never-ending yeah. yeah. battle, you know. Yeah. Wow, whack a mole! Wow, YouTube wants to force us into surveillance, advertising, and tracking. <laughs> so you shouldn't let them. <laughs> Aunt Pruitt. Pick of the week. Uh, my pick, I'll be quick here. The first one is for the Tri-County Foster Kids. I recently shared a post, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on threads and other social media. Uh, Hardhead was selected for an all-star game for football. And that'll be coming up here Yay. in December. But the, the thing is, they Aww. don't sell tickets. Um, 
They asked all the attendees to the game to just bring a backpack. They don't sell tickets, just bring a backpack, and they donate the backpack to foster Isn't kids. Isn't that great? And they also sell sponsorships. So if you are interested in just supporting these, um, uh, the Tri-County organization, uh, there's a link there in that post that'll take you to a forum to make a donation to them. But it's all about just raising money to, yeah, they need to try to help run the event, but pretty much they're trying to get people to bring backpacks and make donations for their different foster kids here in the tri-county area fantastic and uh lastly i have a sweater here it's one of my favorite sweaters ever yes it says tennessee (laughs) um that's my other favorite football team but that's sweater is very special to me because i got it back in like 1994 93 from my mother who bought this and it cost $50 $50 back Whoa. then, and I remember it really, really <laughs> pissing see. her off. That she had to buy it? Well, she, you know, she was like, man, this is a lot of money, but she still bought it for me anyway. Aww. The importance Your of this. mom loved you oh, to pieces, I bet. Yeah. She cared. Well, Aww. she is now officially retired, and I wanted to give her her props. Congratulations, 30 plus moms. years. Uh, kicking ass. I remember a lot of days of her working three jobs so she could buy her hard-headed son oh. $50 sweatshirts that he really didn't deserve and That's taking so care sweet. of my sister. Um, she started at that company, you know, at a very entry-level position and just worked her way up over the years. She was one of the top sales reps there. And uh, 30-something years later, she's now officially retired. Is this her slogan? Honey, we going to make it work. Clearly, that is one of the things she <laughs> likes to say. <laughs> oh, and, and here's there. the team saying goodbye to her. And that's there at the studio Aww. doing retirement um, celebration for her. What is mom's going to do is, now? Um, my sister's next to her and one of our friends over there on the far left. Oh, this wow. is your sister? Yeah, that's my sister. Oh, she's gorgeous, wow. of course. Well, I mean, we got good genes, <laughs> of course. Jeez. Of course. <laughs> Anything else. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to cry. This but, is yeah. beautiful. This was, um, that's Aww. where I was last week. I was able to get out there for oh, a day. Oh, I'm so glad. So, oh, that's great. I'm so glad you got to do that. So I was able to get out there for a day and surprise her and be so there these are your for pictures. the celebration. You took them. Yeah. That's why you're not in them. Right. Okay. And um, just shout out to you, moms, as I know you watch the show every now and then. You like to troll me. And yes, I did put on a collar. Hi, moms. And I did put Hi, on moms. a blazer Hi, moms. today. So you better not be talking about me today. Uh. You know? <laughs> Love you. Oh, I bet she misses you. Yeah, she got her moments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. That's great. What's she going to do with all that free time? Well, she is taking a trip here soon. I know that. Oh, she's she going to come visit us? Oh, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. She's taking a trip to um, somewhere in the Caribbean here very soon. <laughs> oh. That was like her first thing. Oh, good. But she'll, be, she'll probably come out here in the holidays, I too. I hope she will. Yeah. Very nice. That would be cool. Congratulations! I hope you bring her in the studio. Yeah, if she comes here, I'll I'll, I'll be more than happy to bring her. Should out I call her Mrs. Studio. Pruitt? What should I call her? You better. Okay, <laughs> ma'am, <laughs> boss, chief. She chief. don't play, man. I'm yeah. telling you, she don't play. Nice, very nice. Uh, pictures are at antpruitt.com and your yeah, blog. they're on my blog antpruitt.com yeah. on the yeah. blog. Thank you for sharing your your family and your your joy with us. Thank Always. You. AntPruitt.com, and of course, Ant is, you'll find him in the club 
busy man in there. He's our community manager, putting together great stuff tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon really Eastern. Really looking forward to this one tomorrow. Stacy Higginbotham will be back with her book club. We will be so happy to see her again. Yep. It's John Scalzi's uh, most, uh, second most recent book, The Kaiju Preservation Society. Yeah. That'll be fun. And you're a very be, important I'm episode of here. AI Inside. Yes, at 1 p.m. And Pacific. why is that? Because <laughs> we're going to tell you how the world ends, and it's not the way you think. Those bad, bad boys. They're up to no good. <laughs> they are. See, now that's, see, that's somebody who knows how to write a headline. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarvis is the director of the Townite Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. And, of course, buzzmachine.com. He's the I host will not of this be show. here next week because I will be there in San Francisco. Oh, what you doing? I can't be. I'm going to a World Economic Forum uh, event on AI. Oh. So I won't be at the show. Well, that'll be, be interesting. Oh, so you're going to wow. fix all of the problems. You're going to bring, well, that's what tell them about there. Leo's dream. Yes. <laughs> tell them about my dream. I have a dream <laughs> and it's not good. It's not good. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Aunt Pruitt. Thank you. Thank you to the wonderful Paris Martineau who cons- consented to join the team. We're so thrilled from the information.com. She's on signal at 267-797-8655. If you've got a scoop, give it to her. Uh, and uh, you are working on? You know... Can never really say, but oh. it'll be an interesting one. Oh. We'll say that. <laughs> oh, dear you ask. Oh, oh, good. How how long do you get to work on each article? Do you have a, I mean, what? How often do you have to to, to file? Ostensibly, I'm supposed to publish like once a month. Or that's all. So what a like, gig. But if, yeah, it, it rules. It's honestly the best. Um, Obviously, you do a lot of reporting. I mean, and I do. It's because time. we. I do a lot of reporting. Yeah, okay. Be like high impact features. Okay. You know? well, but see, that's you know, yeah. we talked about why the information is such a success behind a paywall from day one. It's because you get great scoops. You have. The information has great reporters who are really good at the, you know, knowing what's going on. And it's worth the $400 a year because the information is so good. And I think that that's a testament to it is that they give you the the time and space to write important stories. Wow, that's great. That's got to yeah, be better I mean, than that's kind of the whole wired. model <laughs> is uh, you get you hire good reporters and you give them the time to do nice. their best work. It's really great. Yeah, there have been times in my career where I had to write Daily. Between two to six stories a day. Oh, wow, gosh, yeah, not good. No, this is this is um, kind of an old fashioned way of thinking about it. To be honest with you, which is really neat. Uh, I love yeah. it. I have been a subscriber since day one. Thank you, Paris. Thank you, Aunt. Thank you, Thank JJ. You, Thank you Thank all you, for boss. joining us. Appreciate all our Club Twit members who made this show possible and. Uh, invite you to join at twit.tv slash club twit. We do this week in Google every Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's 2200 UTC. The live stream at live.twit.tv. You can chat with us in the IRC at irc.twit.tv or in our Discord if you're a club member. After the fact, on-demand versions of the show available at twit.tv slash twig. You can also uh, watch it on YouTube. There's video there. Uh, and after the fact, the best thing to do, subscribe 
in your favorite podcatcher. We like Pocket Casts. If you're looking for one, you don't have one yet. That's iOS and Android. Really does a good job. There's a web interface too. And if you just look for This Week in Google, you'll find it right there. Press the subscribe button and you'll download it automatically the minute the next one's available so you don't miss an episode. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on This Week in Google. Bye-bye. Come join us on This Week in Enterprise Tech Expert Coast and I talk about the enterprise world. And we're joined by industry professionals and trailblazers like CEOs, CIOs, CTOs, CISOs, every acronym role plus IT pros and marketeers. And we talk about technology, software plus services, security, you name it, everything under the sun. You know what? I learn something each and every week and I bet you you will too. So definitely join us. And of course, check out the twit.tv website and click on This Week in Enterprise Tech to subscribe today. <laughs>